Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up and welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast, usually hosted by me, Andrew Levins, and uh, your best friend, Siobhan Coombs, but... She's uh, dead! <laughs> She's a ghost! Happy Halloween! Um, returning to the, uh, the the floor, we're actually recording this on the floor. We're on the floor. Um, at, uh, at PAX in Melbourne. Uh, he has not been on the show for, I guess, exactly two years. I think it might be, yeah. Um, we have Nick Mason from the Weekly Planet podcast. It's great to be Broadcasting. here. Thank Returning. You. Yeah, right. Because I'm in Melbourne at the moment. I've been down here for the PAX convention, um, video games and stuff. We did a panel yesterday. We did. It was great. Which was Thank you for fun. organizing that. It was and, really uh, fun. Nick was like, cool, I got tomorrow off. And I said, ha no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Leisurely <laughs> morning, no thank you. Smash through at 20-something comics. Yeah, six, 16 comics of varying... Uh, Quality, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But in your famous segment, we call comic books with a one on the front. <laughs> we begin every episode of Serious Issues by going through all of last week's number ones in a segment we call First Things First. Um, so Mason is going to be a very special guest this week, and will be helping me discuss these number ones. And then tomorrow, when I get to Sydney, or today, when you're listening, mm-hmm. um, Siobhan and I are going to go through the rest of the books in the rest of the show at King's Comics. King's Comics, of course, uh, very, very lovely and provide us with every comic that we talk about on the show. And if you ever want to buy them, you can find them at kingscomics.com or come and visit when you're in Sydney, 403 George Street, Sydney. Meso, it's a lot of comics this week. It's, it's a, a lot, lot of, of number comics, ones. Yeah. And yeah, but that's that seems to be a trend these days. It's l- just... There's just so lots many, of comics. There's yeah. so many number ones. There's Ma- so many number ones. Marvel really, really hit us with a lot yeah, of number they sure ones. Did. Like seven all up from uh-huh. them. So I guess we should let them go first. Sure, let's do it. Although it's punishment, maybe they should go last. Whatever. <laughs> um, so uh, we got a brand new series of uh, Spider Gwen. However, it's now called Spider Gwen Ghost Spider. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a character created by Jason Latour, who uh, finished up his run uh, earlier in the year, and now we have a new writer in uh, Shannon. How's your Irish? Oh, let's let's. It's. I mean, it's terrible. Shannon. Oh, Shannon McGuire. Yeah, Shannon okay. McGuire. Or Sean and McGuire. It's, it's a lady. I think. Okay. So yeah. Sh- okay. Uh, with art by uh, Rosie Campy and colors by Ian Herring. Now, uh, this is a fan favorite character with a brilliant uh, costume. Have you read any Spider Gwen? I don't think so prior to this, no. This was a terrible one to start with, I think. (laughs) It is. Well, we're right in... It looks like we're right in the middle of an event. So, yeah, through no fault of the creative team at all, they just have to tie it into Spider-Geddon, which is this big event happening. I remember the the previous... I remember Spider-Verse. This is Spider-Geddon. This is is Spider-Verse It's a sequel. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, More spiders... Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like it gave me enough information to catch up. I wasn't lost, but that being said... 
I've met a lot of these there's a lot spy of like, based characters before. So read the last volume. Also mm. read these other issues. Like now, now, so for people who haven't caught up on on Spider Gwen in her universe, she's just got out of she's just got out of the joint. Yeah, that's right. And this is of course Gwen Stacy. Uh, she gets bitten by the spider. She has spider powers. Mm-hmm. Um, she wears a very cool costume. Um, and she's going to be in the uh, Enter the Spider-Verse movie at the end of the year. That's true, yeah. So it makes sense for her to have a series right now. I am baffled that they made the first issue of this, what should be a, like a very new reader-friendly comic tie into the event. And like mm-hmm. I read the event and even I was kind of lost. Yeah, right. Is that, are, they, are they making this leap that maybe comic readers are quite sophisticated now and they're kind of... They're, they're okay with uh, multiple no, I universes. Think just, and <laughs> I think Marvel love fucking over new creators. That's probably it, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so we have uh, her... Like, she's already in another dimension to start with. Like her, Why did she go to jail, if I may, if I may ask? I, didn't, I was not reading that part. Okay, right. Uh-huh. Uh, tax fraud, I assume. Oh, no. <laughs> Come on, mate. Um, and now th- th- this book sends her to yet another dimension with other different reality versions of sort of the spider characters. So we have um, uh, a goblin, but it's a woman goblin. Mm-hmm, yeah. And she's like a purple goblin. <laughs> and then she finds Peter Park, the Peter Parker of, of this, this universe, yeah. and she's like Gwen Stacy, but you're dead. It's a ghost. Oh, I see why the, the title makes sense now. Okay, yeah, right. Ghost. Is, is oh it, shit! There you go. Is issue two just her convincing Peter that she's a ghost now? Is yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, spider ghost. Okay. Uh, what do you think? Look, I like the art, and again, that costume is one of the all-time greats. I think. I know it's, for like of, of recent costumes, it's yeah. it's a classic. Mm. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to keep reading this uh, series because I just I, may, I might wait for the event to be over and then right, let, uh-huh. let it find it fe- find its feet off that. Is it a case of people? Is it a case of Marvel going? We have a lot of unsold Spider Gwen trades. No, apparently, on it's the quite shelf. popular. Okay, yeah. right, and we're going to get clear some of these out. But no, okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was that. Spider Gwen, Ghost yeah. Spider, number and one. There's an ad on the back for Spider Man. It's a citizen for Citizen Watchers, and it says always on time. You know what? If there's one thing I know about Spider-Man, he's never on time. That's very that's, true. That's one of his defining characteristics. So good job, Citizen. Maybe he's singing his favorite Ashanti featuring Ja Rule song. That could be it, yeah. Um, Spider-Girls is another um, event um, book tie-in to the Spider-Geddon event. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is written by Jody Hauser, uh, who writes the Spider-Man Renew Your Vows alternate version of Spider-Man okay. where Spidey and MJ are still married and have a kid. Okay, they yep. also have spider powers, so they fight crime as a family. Yeah, right. Okay, so this, this isn't a new, this isn't a new spider family introduced no. for this. Okay, right. Because I was aware of Mayday, the the Spider Girl of the future. Yeah. So and and, and the and uh, the other lady, but I was not aware of this new spider family. But they're they're an ex- existing part of continuity. Yeah. So two other spider women go to this spider family uh-huh. universe. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and find the the spider daughter. Um, which is that should be her name. That's a good name. Yeah, Spider Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and fight. There's many vultures in their in their universe. There's like a vulture gang of kids. Yeah. And then so her parents are like, we're going to go to and fight the other spiders, the inheritors, who are right, the ones uh-huh. behind Spider Geddon. And mm-hmm. then she's like, well, maybe I'm going to team up with these other spider women. Mm. Again, fucking confusing. Yeah, it's a real mess. <laughs> it looks great. though. It looks great. Yeah. Uh-huh. Andre Genolette. Mayday's got some great hair in it. On pencils That's... and inks, mm-hmm. and Triona Farrell on colors. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I think these are like you normally like new series at Marvel. I'm like, oh cool, this, this will be a fun one for you know Nick to read. But these uh-huh. are like impenetrable in a yeah, way. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh huh. Which and again, two? and again, being somewhat familiar with some of the characters, it wasn't that much of a leap. But at the same time, it's kind of a leap. It's, you know, 
So uh, those are the the big spider books for the week. Have we got any other spider books? Because we've got we've got plenty of other Marvel books. Don't worry about yeah. that. We have another spider book, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. And this is is this this isn't a one shot. This is a as a mini series. Yeah, so right. uh-huh. the big event that isn't a spider event over at Marvel right now. God, this is a mess, isn't it? <laughs> um, I, he said, recording a podcast on the floor at a Melbourne Convention Center. <laughs> this floor is so sticky. Imagine the adventures that have happened on it um, but yeah the big event over at Marvel uh, is Infinity Wars mm. which has been written by Jerry, Jerry Duggan and so what happens in Infinity Wars Meso is mm-hmm. Gamora gets all of the uh, Infinity Stones mm-hmm. puts them in the gauntlet she snaps her fingers but in doing so she does not she, she still um, does the same thing Thanos does she, she reduces the population by half but mm-hmm. instead of killing half the people she combines people with other people right gotcha. so there's half the population but now mm-hmm. like Captain America and Doctor Strange are one and the same yeah. now Harry um, Osborn has a flavour saver yeah you know, <laughs> um, and, and this is Infinity Warp's Arachnite which mm. is the mashup of uh, Spider-Man and Moon Knight now I know you're a big fan of Gamora I thought you were going to say so, mashups yeah, huge you fan are, of mashups <laughs> huge fan of mashups girl talk all day <laughs> um, you're a big fan of Gamora side note have, have they in the comic books changed Gamora's personality to fit the movie now or how did uh, it yeah Gamora in the um, in that fantastic uh, cosmic run mm-hmm, yeah um, and when when you say your famous catchphrase get cosmic that you are referring <laughs> to buying this run go yeah, go to the shops and mm-hmm. get get, my, get cosmic mm-hmm. the entire run all right. 80 issues of it <laughs> um, so that was the one by um, Andy Lanning no who's it fucking uh, Abner and Lanning Ab- Abner and Lanning that's yeah. the one mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, her, her portrayal in that is great. That's why I like, like the character so much. But yeah, it is, she is a bit bland now. Yeah, right. But okay. she also is carrying like around Thanos' head in a bag. So that's fun. Well, that's, that's a fun little character note, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh-huh. So this is Arachnite. So this is a combination of Spider-Man and Moon Knight. That's right. And it's written by Dennis Hopeless. This is originally meant to be written by the current Moon Knight writer, uh, Max Bemis. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for some reason, Dennis Hopeless wrote it, wrote it instead. Uh, Ali Gaza on art and Victor Olazap. Olazaba on mm. inks, Ruth Redmond on colours. Okay. Look, I don't mind the art. Yeah, that's, that's fine. It's not, a, it's not a great costume. Like, so, they've, they've been saddled with Spider-Man, but give him some, give him some big cargo pants. He looks like he's playing... Like, like, it looks like someone, like, had a copy of Assassin's Creed, the new Assassin's yep. Creed game, and then also had a copy of the Spider-Man PS4 game, and then, like, accidentally shoved them both into their <laughs> PlayStation at the same yeah, time. Right. Uh-huh. And it was like, oh, look, it's an Assassin's Spider. <laughs> It's the, it's a bad photocopy of Azrael is is what it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, that's feel. true. You're you are not a fan of uh, any spider character that has like a hood, like a hoodie on. Like I know you don't. Well, like now Ben-Rylis. I'm back on board with Spider Gwen, but true. I do not care for the uh, the original Scarlet Spider. It's a bad look, in my opinion. Um, so you weren't playing as him in, no, uh, in Spider Man. No, no. Yeah, this is like reminds me a lot of that, but it's got like it's w- way flappier. Yeah, right. It has a uh-huh. bit of a cape going on. Uh huh. And uh, and Peter Parker is a he's a he's a business magnate of some sort <laughs> slash scientist. And he's got a, as true to the Moon Knight character, he he has multiple Peter Parker personalities. One of which is a one of which is a shrewd businessman. One's a one's a scientist. One is, I guess, a spider god in place of Vishnu. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So it, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's a kind of cool concept. The problem with all of these. Uh, warp things for me has been like they, they do the origin story and origin stories are always boring yeah I would rather like just like send them on an adventure um, and, and we just kind of figure about what, what, what combinations of things yeah you know, they are. and they're also kind of hamstrung by the fact that they have to smoosh together two origins yes m- many of which only barely worked the first time but in this it's like uh, like Moon Knight he 
he suffers a near-death experience, but it's him being attacked by a giant green furry goblin. Who bites his neck. Who bites his neck, but then also he's bitten by a spider at the same time. Who, who, says, a, who, who says, like, um, awaken a totem, a spider. Mm. You are one of us now. Yeah, right. Um, it's actually, like, 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 not a bad kind of origin story, but then it doesn't really do anything of interest no. uh, afterwards. And Dennis Hopeless is a great writer, so I was expecting a bit more from this one. Mm. Uh, have you ever read um, Avengers Arena? No. It's like a about? reality TV style um, Avengers book where a bunch of like young Avengers are put on an island by um, Arcade. Okay, sure. And they have to like fight to the death. Cool. Like Hunger Games style. <laughs> right. It's so much better than that sounds. Okay, it's all like right. one of, so one of my favorite okay. books. Uh, this is not one of my favorite books, though. All right, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't enjoyed any of these, to be honest. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, maybe this is the new one. Maybe this is the, this is the one. Let's talk about one that uh, I was not expecting to like, but I really liked it. Uh-huh. Uh, it is called What If Thor Was Raised by Frost Giants. Now, this is a proper one-shot. That's right. This They've been doing a bunch, of, uh-huh. a bunch of... Uh, basically, every week they give us a What If book. Mm-hmm. Some of them have been really uh, weird. Which is kind of good. I, I don't know. Like, like last week we got one where uh, Robbie Reyes, the current Ghost Rider, mm-hmm. is working at Marvel Comics and a death metal <laughs> band come to visit Marvel Comics so they can put their own blood in the comic book ink. And, oh, and Kiss print, Style. Yeah, Kiss Style, exactly. More, more on them later, by the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> of course. It wouldn't be an episode with me on it without That's Kiss Talk. A, I think when James did it as well, there was a Kiss comic oh as goodness. well. There are a lot of Kiss comics. Uh, but this is by far my favourite of the new What If Marvel books uh, so far. Uh, it's written by Ethan Sachs with um, art by Michelle Bandini. Really liked the art on this one. Mm-hmm. And colours by Matt Miller. Um, and it's pretty simple. It's just like basically um, frost giants invade um, Asgard mm-hmm. and kidnap Thor um, and also his mum. And uh, he and Loki are raised by frost giants. But just like, just as Odin favoured Thor over Loki, so too does Lorfei, the, uh, the frost giant. Can't cut a break this Loki character, can he? Um, but I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, same. It, it's it's of, the, of these Marvel books so far, I think the one that I most want to see, that I most want to hear more stories about is probably this one shot yeah one shot we'll never visit again yeah Mm. (laughs) um it it ends on a on a tragic note um but then Uh with like a kind of like fun glimpse at the future i love how funny um like original design um loki was with his weird like tattoo head yeah right Uh uh-huh um but uh i i I thought this is this is great and the art has i feel a great evolution they've, they've mapped out very young loki and thor to to sort of young adults, Loki and Thor. I yep. think it's a, it's it's not a it's not a book where I'm like who's who's the, oh it's the grown up version. Okay, it's it's it totally works this one. Yeah, so I was super into this one. Yeah, same. Um, I'm glad you were too. Mm. Good one, everyone involved in what if <laughs> Thor was raised by frost giants? A question I ask myself every night. That's right. Now, now let's get a petition going and let's get an issue too. <laughs> um, we also got Black Panther versus Deadpool, really running the gamut of like, uh-huh. you got a what if, yep. you get an event tie-in, you get mm-hmm. an Infinity Warp, you get a versus book, yeah. you get an all ages one on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this one. This yeah. might be my favorite Marvel of the of the week. Uh, Black Panther versus Deadpool is written by Daniel Kibblesmith, who is uh, a great com- comedic writer um, who did a very good run on Quantum and Woody recently. Yeah, right. Uh huh. Um, and he's great on Twitter too. Follow me on Twitter. Oh, good. Okay, there you go. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, the art with this one, I really love the art. Yeah, it's quite it's quite stylized. Um, it is writers by Ricardo Lopez Ortiz mm. with um, colors by Philippe Sobrero. Um, and yeah, basically, um, uh, Deadpool. This feature, this is, uh, if we can spoil this a little bit, uh, features... Spoil it that way. Okay, well, it's, uh, it's the uh, it's a return of Willie Lumpkin, the Fantastic Four's mailman. That's right. <laughs> uh, who, is, uh, who is injured in a, uh, a, a Deadpool 
as per usual, over-the-top action chase sequence. And Deadpool, who has recently learned, uh, who's recently grown a conscience, I guess, has uh, decided that the only way to get... To, uh, the only way to, uh, to save Willie Lumpkin's life is to get a tiny little piece of vibranium from Wakanda. And so, yeah, he, he shows up on, uh, on Black Panther's doorstep and asks for some, mm-hmm. and Black Panther shoots his arm off. Yeah. <laughs> but they've invented this new tech that heals uh, as it slices, so mm-hmm. it's like a gun that can heal people. Yeah, right. But when they use it on Deadpool, it stops the cancer from growing his limbs back. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. So he's just, Deadpool only has one arm now. <laughs> um, it's good when the Deadpool book is actually funny. Well, see, I... I have, you disagree. No, no, I, <laughs> I 100% do agree, but also I feel maybe part of me enjoying this so much is that I don't get a lot of Deadpool in my daily dose of comic books. Sure. Like, I just... It's from time to time, I'll read a Deadpool, and it's, and it's fun. But I guess if... I'm sure that if I read Deadpool regularly, I'd be sick of his, his antics, I think. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, he and, uh, obviously, DC have um, Harley Quinn. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we get weird spin-off series from both of them pretty constantly mm-hmm. uh, from either of the big two. In fact, we have a, a Harley Quinn book to we talk do, about very yeah. soon. And I find, uh, yeah, I, I, where I used to be really annoyed by um, Deadpool and, and enjoy Harley Quinn, I'm the complete opposite now. Right, there you go. Um, mm. So spoilers for our review of that, that Harley <laughs> Quinn book coming up. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, this, this is really, really good. A great, great um, fun little setup for a fun versus book. The Deadpool versus and other character books are always a fun little, Ooh, you know, who, five issues. Who have we so. seen before? Uh, there was Deadpool versus Hawkeye. Yep. Uh, Deadpool versus The Punisher. Deadpool versus... I can't remember. Okay. And is there like a dedicated versus guy, like a dedicated versus writer? Or is there... No, no, it's always someone different. Okay, great. No, just get like a good comedic writer. Yeah, great. But if you do like Deadpool comics and you want to read a good run, uh, Jerry Duggan's recently finished uh, long uh, Deadpool run is excellent. Okay, great. And it's very much about Deadpool having a conscience and this trying to be good. This is the one where he is, he's, a scientific, he's a scientific Captain America? Is that the one? Yeah, that's right. Okay, he, great. He, um, uh, yeah, he... he Basically, he, he, he first he's, he's asked to be on the Avengers because of Captain America. Yeah, right. And then it's like this whole big thing because okay. of all the Secret Empire stuff. But it's a really good, rewarding run. Great. In fact, during the Secret Empire stuff, which is, you know, I don't think is anywhere near as bad as all the outrage will have you believe. But right, I uh-huh. think the strongest um, arcs were coming in the Deadpool stuff. Cool. With him realizing like he was b- being betrayed by his hero. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we've, we've been getting a, a bunch of weird X-Men books uh, recently. Um, that have uh, been called X-Men Black, and each one of these uh, issues is a one-shot about different X-Men villains. Mm-hmm. Um, the best one, which I think you would really enjoy, uh, was uh, Mojo. So X-Men sure, Black right. Mojo, oh, which that's is written... Scott Orkerman. That's right, is the Scott, Scott Orkerman yeah. from, mm-hmm. from Comedy Bang Bang. And he kind of casts um, Mojo as like a comic skater, like <laughs> oh dickhead, like, okay, he, like, complaining yeah. that comics aren't for, aren't, aren't for him anymore. And mm-hmm. like, it was very, very funny. Okay, great. Uh, but this is uh, X-Men Black Juggernaut. Um, it's been oh. written by Robbie Thompson. Uh, with art by Sean Crystal and colours by Rico Renzi. And uh, this sees uh, Kane Marco, a.k.a. the Juggernaut, uh, in a like a classic kind of X-Men uh, mental fight. Yes, that's with, right. With uh, uh, the being, the god that he gets his power uh, from. Cytorak, yes, Cytorak. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, really, really cool and creative art um, by uh, Sean Crystal and Rico Renzi. Sean uh-huh. Crystal, I think, was doing art on the great young animal... Uh, uh, Mother Panic. Book. Yeah, I remember Mother yeah. Panic. Great. Yeah, um, and uh, he does turns in some great pages. Lady uh, Gaga for Mother Panic. That's what I say. Oh wow! If, if we if, if there's a movie coming, if, if Gaga's going to be cast in something after A Star Is Born, <laughs> which she definitely Panic. will be because yeah, people so, yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People love to cry. Uh-huh. Um, this was fun. It is fun. I feel like it could have been done in like four pages, <laughs> as opposed to being spread out over over an entire issue. But the art did look good. Uh, 
have we introduced a new a new element to Juggernaut's uh, psyche, which is a, a a childlike version of him? Yeah, but I don't know a, if we need that. No. Yeah. Yeah, he should just be an angry lunatic. I feel just just crashing into buildings wearing yeah. a big weird hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah, art's great. Nice surreal style. Uh, you didn't read the backup, did you? I did read the backup, and it was only right at the end that I realized that it was like part four of, yeah. <laughs> of, a, of an apocalypse backup story, so I didn't understand any of it. Well, so we've been reading since the start. We also don't understand any of okay, it. Okay, so right. So what I, what I gathered is there's some sort of... There's some people who have celestial technology, maybe. Maybe they are celestials. I'm not sure. Yep. And Apocalypse has transferred his brain into a monkey. <laughs> and and now it's and they've captured him, but now it's his chance to escape. And he's back, baby. Apocalypse is back, baby. You are such a good story, Noah. Mm, yeah, that's right. Um, have you got a favorite X Men villain? Oh, boy, not off the top of my head. I don't think. Why? Why do you ask? I oh, just just curious. It might, um, I mean, I, I always liked Apocalypse from the the Marvel versus Capcom games. Okay, yeah, sure. Because yeah, he was real big, and his arm turned into a drill. <laughs> ah. Look, I'm, I'll come back to it. I'm sure, yeah. Who's Big, yours? I don't know. Toad? Do something with Toad. Yeah, okay, sure. Love Toad. Yeah, Toad's When great. Toad was the janitor at the, um, at the school oh, the for academy, gifted. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah that, was, that was fun. Mm, yeah, sure. Um, bring Toad back. Yeah. Where's X-Men Black Toad? Mm-hmm. I'd buy that. <laughs> um, Superhero Adventures is the last uh, Marvel comic we're talking about. This is Superhero Adventures, the uh, kind of every month they put out a, a one-shot. Uh, it's an all-ages book featuring various uh, Marvel characters, and this was their Halloween spooktacular. Yeah. The best kind of uh, way to spell spectacular, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, featuring contributions from Jeff Loveness, Mario Del Panino, Matt Yaki, Jacob Chabot, Ty Templeton, Kieran Smith, um, Owen McCarran, and Andy Yankus with a uh, pin-up at their back by Scotty Young. So this is a great little uh, grab bag of um, mm-hmm. fun stories. Um, we see uh, one of them where... Spidey and uh, Cap visit a little haunted, little haunted uh, house, which is it's uh, Doctor Strange's house, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, they're going to they're going to water his plants. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's like a ghost story uh, uh, featuring Tony Stark. Yep, um, and uh, then another like story where it, this is the strange one where Scarlet Witch bakes everybody <laughs> cookies or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but the best thing in this comic for me, and I pointed it out to you as soon as I uh, handed over your comics yesterday. Uh, There's a little uh, newspaper-style uh, couple, couple of pages of comic strips. Yeah. By, by Ty Templeton, who uh-huh. is a, a legendary kind of like all-ages comics uh, uh, right. artist, best mm. known for he, he did all the um, Batman anim- animated series, uh, the ad- oh, Batman too, Adventures. Oh, he did that's right. Yeah, that's the, where I remember the name from, yeah. Um, but he did, yeah, so we get like one, which is a Peanuts-style book with, um, with uh, Spidey as, <laughs> uh, as Charlie Brown called Cobwebs. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he ends up going to um, Dr. Octopus for psychiatric help. <laughs> and he says, you want some advice? You should rob more banks. That's a good... Look, I feel like, for me, this... And I guess for you as well, these were the highlights. The rest of it, I'm sure it's it's great for its audience, but it's not for me. It's, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you're not 10, so that's, yeah, that's fair sure. enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I, I like these books because they are... So often we get asked, you know, hey, what's a good superhero book for, for a kid? Uh-huh. And very few of them are actually suitable. But this, yeah, right. this series definitely is great because it has heaps of different characters. It's pretty easy to read and it's stories of light and fun. Are they, is, it a, is it a continuous storyline or is no. it just little adventures? Just little adventures. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Um, we also get uh, uh, a Kathy strip, but it's uh, Carol Danvers. So it's just called Carol. Um, and uh, there's a, uh, 
uh, family circus, but it's the mm. villainy circus and uh, Thanos the Menace. <laughs> like, you, can you say like Thanos, Thanos the Thanos Menace? Thanos the Menace. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we can mangle any kind of pronunciation for this show. Let's do it. Uh, so that was fun. Mm. Yeah, a good little Halloween spooktacular. Mm. Uh, so now we move from Marvel to DC. Uh, we've got two DC books somewhere here. One of them is Old Lady Harley. Yeah. Um, now is this a this is a deliberate shot at uh, at Marvel's Old I'll, Man Logan? I'll, I, guess? I, I think a good spirited wish. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's been written by uh, Frank Thierry, um, and I don't know where the rest of the credits are, uh, but um, it is by here we go. Uh, Frank Thierry wrote it with art by Anaki Miranda and colors by Ava De La Cruz. Now, do you have a fondness for the Old Man Logan? Uh, Not Mark, especially, Mark no. Miller on? Yeah, no, right. Yeah. I, li- I like a lot of Miller's stuff, uh, but a lot, a lot of it, I think there's a certain uh, sort of falls into a certain grim territory that I don't particularly love. Yes, and I think Old Man Logan is in that. So I do like it when you jump forward into like a desolate future version oh, for of sure, the universe, yeah, uh-huh. and you're like, oh, like you know, of all the characters they chose to be like, you know, a, a policing force, or um, in, in this case, Old Lady Harley, many, many years into the future. Yes, uh, it's. There's a she gets uh, attacked by a bunch of um, uh, who's the character Azraels, which is fun. Yes, okay. that's true. Robot Azraels, yeah. Uh, man, I don't remember what the fuck. You know what I? Book. You <laughs> know what I did hate about that? You see exactly. It didn't. Nothing particularly stands out. What does stand about about to me uh, was the the lettering, which I found incredibly hard to follow. Right. Like there's there's certain points in this where every second word is like. Every second word is like a like a splash word, or it's in a different font, or sure. something like that. And I'm like, this is this is unpleasant to yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to, well, that, to that, navigate that's through. That's the Harley style. So yeah, right. I said earlier that Harley Quinn has already like you know become kind of DC's Deadpool esque yeah, character right. now, uh-huh. but she also has her own Deadpool esque character in uh, Red Tool. Yes, she does. That's true. Who yeah, is a guy who, whenever he speaks, his word balloons are different. Tools like like a screw or a blade. There we go. That it makes sense now. I thought they were initially different states in the US. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's speaking in a bit of Florida for some reason. Are those different accents? I don't understand. He's a little Texas now, but he's not. Okay, it's, that's it's great. Too, Imagine, okay. you know, he's doing a Montana accent. Yeah. Is he a cyborg? What's his deal? I don't know. Okay, that doesn't matter. He's, he's <laughs> just a shitty Deadpool. Yeah, great. But even though like I didn't really like the dialogue in this, mm-hmm. uh, there is something about a dumb future version of a universe that I'm f- like familiar with. Yeah, that I'm or an, even an alternate reality version. I thought this was actually more successful at, uh, you know, building the world in a fun way than the Gwen Stacy, so than the Spider Gwen book was this week. For sure, and there's some fun little touches. There's a there's a character with a, some sort of monster cannon. Yep. just a gun that fires monsters at people. <laughs> that, that's fun. Pretty handy. Yeah. Does um, this mean we're going to see? Oh, actually, there is a. T- we we do see a little little twist at the end, a big reveal at the end. There. Oh yeah, true. Batman Beyond is in this comic. Surprise, everybody! <laughs> um, so that's fun. Yeah, and 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 his his last line is yes, I am indeed Batman. Dot dot dot, and then you turn the page and he says and beyond. Beyond, yeah, <laughs> nice. Of the future, which is the present. Yeah, I'm pretty That's sure. He, I'm are. pretty sure he's on the cover of the next issue. So oh, it's okay, not really no spoiler. surprises there. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, I I thought I was hating it, uh, and then I was won over by the end of it. So I, right. I just may read more issues of this book. Okay. Uh, how about you? Probably not. Okay. Well, unless you know. come back next week and you have it ready to go. <laughs> but then I only give you kiss comics. Yeah, terrific. Um, so recently, DC uh, rebooted their. Or kind of like reimagined the Sandman universe. That's true, yeah. Neil Gaiman's, Neil Gaiman's very classic uh, Sandman uh, books um, and the kind of universe that spun out of them, including 
Um, we have Lucifer. Yep. Um, and uh, we have another one of his uh, series uh, from uh, early 90s Vertigo. Yeah. Um, which is a trade on my bookshelf that I've never read. <laughs> um, the Books of Magic. Yeah, which is a... Um, Tim Hunter, I think is his name. Is it Tim Hunter? Tim something. Tim Hunter. Um, and he is... He's the Harry Potter before Harry he's Potter. He's Harry Potter way before Harry Potter, yeah. He's a, he's a bespectacled... Uh, Orphan boy who Timothy Hunter, there you go. Timothy Hunter, there we go. Who who has the potential to be the world's greatest magician? Yeah, uh huh. And uh, so these books, um, we've been reviewing them as they've been coming out. We're a few issues into Sandman, the Dreaming, uh-huh. um, and the other ones have like one or two issues to their name. Uh, and Lucifer, I liked, um, mm. but they've all been like very overwritten. Um, a lot of uh, like. Attempting to do Gaiman's language right, in uh-huh. a book and not necessarily succeeding at it, or maybe just that format of text is a little bit dated in modern comics I think now. Maybe that's the key. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, this was a breeze. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I I really really enjoyed this. All the pieces are in place. He's, that- a, he's a kid. He's he's he, he just wants to be the greatest magician, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to try at it. He also doesn't know enough about magic to use it. He doesn't yeah. know that magic you uh-huh. know, comes with a, at, a, at a price. Mm. Uh, so it's written by Cat Howard with art by Tom Fowler, colours by Jordan Boyd. Um, have you read the Books of Magic? I have read the series? Books of Magic way back in the day, yeah. Do you reckon I would enjoy that if I read that t- right this second? Ah, uh, on the floor it. of the uh, PAX Theatre. Wh- where else would I do anything yeah, for the rest of my life? That's very true. Uh, when was the last time you reread Sandman? Uh, pretty recently, I, I reread my favourite arc of it. Uh-huh. Um, with the Corinthian. Look, I think if it's literally on your bookshelf, you should probably give it a whirl. There's a lot of things I haven't read on my yeah, bookshelf. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, give it, a, give it a whirl, yeah. And I unfortunately didn't bring my bookshelf with me to the packs oh, floor that, we well. like, that I sprawl on right mm. now. I've got pins and needles in both my legs. I also so. do. This I do too, sucks. yeah. Yeah, what were we thinking? <laughs> there was a person on every bench. We couldn't just... We should have just sat next to somebody and brought him in on it. Um, I but mean, yeah. the odds of them liking comic books are pretty high. Yeah, so. very true. <laughs> also, probably knowing who you are as well and yeah, being right. like, oh, my pleasure. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what we should have done? Uh, we'll know this for next time. We should have just given them one comic book at the start and, yep. at the end, and they could read it and at the end they have to give us their opinion. Oh, I know which one I would have given them to. Yeah. This fucking rat one. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to hear your thoughts on Baron Rat. Baron Rat, yeah. <laughs> mm. But, um, oh yeah, of all of the uh, new Sandman Universe books, I thought Books of Magic, easily the best uh, first issue. Is there so a new far. Constantine? Is there a... Uh, they're, just, they're still using him in all the DC continuity. Oh, okay, right. It sucks. Okay, uh, Have they, okay so I, I'm, I'm way behind. Is, is the new Vertigo, the new Sandman continuity, that's, that's still apart from... DC continuity or are they, are they bringing in cause, I don't but, know because yeah. when Sandman started it was it was sort of when Vertigo started originally it was kind of well it wasn't part, yeah, yeah it was all those books weren't actually Vertigo books they were just yeah, DC they were books part of DC and then they split adult them readers off. yeah um, yeah I don't know if this is like kind of I think it, it, it is it is if they feel like it yeah right because really he, he is in there with uh, uh, what are those guys called the mystery, the mystery team you know the guys Dr. Occult and Mr. E and um, yeah the um, the, Phan- Phan- the Phantom Stranger there we go Trenchcoat Brigade yeah are yeah. they actually called the Trenchcoat Brigade they're called the Trenchcoat Brigade that's cool Brigade. I'd yeah. buy an album by that yeah, by right? a band name that mm-hmm. uh, yeah but this is really cool the art was beautiful and um, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes I think yeah. uh, Cat Fowler writes a pretty compelling little shit version of, yeah, uh, right, of right, right, Timothy right. Hunter uh-huh. well I um, guess you have to be you have to nowadays if you're, if you're putting together a boy wizard comic book even though <laughs> Tim Hunter existed beforehand. You've got to d- differentiate him from from Harry Potter. Yeah, exactly. In some yeah, way. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and I, it's, it's not very beyond the fact that he looks like Harry Potter, and there's magic in it. There's nothing. That's true. Yeah, nothing else is similar about yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I really enjoyed it. Books of magic. Probably my favorite number one this week. I there think. we go. 
Uh, have we got an image book in here? No, we no, do no not. So let's talk about um, uh, another one of my favorite uh, number ones this week. Uh, this one comes from uh, Black Crown, which is an imprint uh, through IDW. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, actually, speaking of Vertigo, this is this is Shelley Bond, who used to be one of the main editors over at Vertigo, probably responsible for a lot of our favorite classic Vertigo books. Um, she now has her own imprint, which is um, distributed through IDW called Black Crown, and. Uh, We've had some great comics from her, um, from, from this imprint. Assassinistas is probably my favorite one so far. Heard of it, haven't read it. Um, and uh, this is uh, a very great addition to it uh, by the Laphams. The Laffham uh, family. Uh, it's their, their <laughs> husband and wife. Husband and wife, yeah. David and Maria Laffham. Um, uh, did, did Maria have anything to do with Stray Bullets, or is that that's all David Laffham? That's all David, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, I okay. think she, yeah, I mean, like she definitely is involved in a way, but he, yeah, yeah she's, right. as uh-huh. far as crediting goes, this is the first time I've seen both of them credited cool. to a book. It's called Lodger. Mm. And, um, yeah, I mean, have you read any of Stray Bullets before? I have, yeah. Stray Bullets is maybe, like, like top five comic books of all time, all time right. for me. I yeah. love, it's like, you know, it's bleak and, <laughs> uh, and bad things happen to good characters. Yeah, and right. Uh-huh. Good things happen to bad characters and sometimes vice versa, but mostly not. Um, <laughs> Isn't that just like life? Yeah, very true. Mm. Um, and uh, this is the new series. Uh, they're still going on Stray Bullets, uh, Sunshine and Roses over <laughs> at Image. But, <clears throat> um, yeah, Black Crown is now publishing Lodger. Which is uh, a story. It's still in uh, David Laffham's like classic black and white uh, inks. Um, I actually just bought a piece of original art from Did him. You? Yeah, yeah, my first ever piece. Can you believe it? This many <laughs> years in the comic book podcasting industry, that's right. I've never yeah. bought any original art, or you haven't received any for free. I mean, <laughs> what is this world coming to? You're an influencer. You're a comic book influencer. Where's your Where's your freebies? Wow, it's the 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 worst thing I could ever put on my bio. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so we have a young lady. Mm. Um, traveling and reading a, a guide, mm. an app called Lodger. It took me a minute to uh, to differentiate that this wasn't her internal monologue. This was this is yeah. her. This is a. It's kind of a a travel blog reviewing the town she's about to arrive in. That's right. And uh, and, and and you have but as, she got business as she town. as she arrives at different places. You have the narration of from from the travel guide describing what to do. At the, at the place that she's just got to, so yes. yeah, it is. It did take me a moment to adjust and, and figure out. This mm-hmm. is a bit, uh, a bit more of a, uh, a trip than uh, your average stray bullets uh, uh, issue. Yeah, right. Um, and I think a lot will be revealed in future issues. But um, yeah, so what have we got? She's got she got business in town, Kate Meso. Mm-hmm. She's, she's got she's got someone to kill. I think so. Yeah. 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 Or at least track down for. Well, she's got a gun. I that's mean, very I, maybe, true. Maybe she's returning the gun. <laughs> maybe that's her goal. Um, but there have been a bunch of other potentially related murders uh, in this yeah. town that she's visiting. Um, it is classic, like, Stray Bullets-esque, like, you know, awful small town where everyone has bad secrets and has done yeah, bad things. Uh-huh. Um, and everyone, you get the sense everyone is just tolerating everybody else in the town. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's, a, there's, there's mysteries afoot, mm-hmm. which is the best place for mysteries to be. Yes. Um, Not behind you. No. <laughs> as you close your medicine cabinet. You don't want them there. Um, but did yeah? Did you enjoy this? I did. Yeah. Um, We're terrible at describing what happened in, in, yeah, in this story because no, it is. I think people have got it. Yeah. Um, but I think I might need another read through it. I think if yeah. I was going to go to issue two, I think I would need another read through and just a little. I think once you, uh, for me, I think taking the jump from your standard Marvel or DC house style to a to a Laffham, yes. it takes a minute for me or, or maybe a couple of reads to adjust because I'm used to 
Okay, well, everybody, look, Peter Parker always looks exactly the same because of the, the Marble House style or what have you. Yeah, yeah. So I need, I need a minute, so I think I'm going to need to have to, to re it just so I can get a handle more on the characters, I think. But, yeah, it's a, it, I think this is going to be a really cool and different uh, crime series. Crime, probably my favourite genre of, uh, of comic Ooh, book. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Love, love a bit of crime. Yeah, Brubaker. Love, love, love reading it, love doing it. Love doing crime, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some more IDW books. Okay, let's do One it. more. We have a Judge Dredd book. Yeah. Uh, this one's written by Paul Jenkins, uh, best known for his uh, great Inhumans run mm-hmm. uh, on the Mar- on Marvel Knights imprint in the 90s. I remember that one, yeah. Jay okay. Lee on sure. art. That was mm-hmm. great. Uh, Marco Castiello on art. And actually, Paul Jenkins also did a very good Hellblazer run. I see. I didn't Speaking read of, that. Uh, John Constantine. Yeah. Um, and this is, yeah, this is called Judge Dredd. Toxic. Toxic. It's a good cover. Mm. Like cover of the Britney Spears song. That's right. That's it's what it co- is. It's a good cover of a Britney Spears mm. song. Is that your favorite Britney Spears song? Sorry? Is that your favorite Britney yeah, Spears song? I think Spears it might song? be, yeah. yeah it's I mean, a banger. It's yeah, it is yeah. a banger. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in uh, in this uh, new Judge, Judge Dredd story, it's all about the society of uh, mutated humans who live below the city and clean... Like clean the waste from they from they above. they have volunteered to be genetically altered. They're called scrubbers. The scrubbers, the scrubbers, yeah. and they they uh, have have made the sacrifice to volunteer to to become the the people who will clean clean up all the the, the city's waste for some reason. Yeah, yeah. But there's and they they rarely come up to the surface well because people are like ugh, gross mutants. And after one of them is found dead, they find it's because a parasite is um, is within them. Mm. And as when the parasite died, so did the scrubber. Yeah. So RIP that scrubber. And now it's it's scrubbers versus but humans. He's a sexy scrubber. That's right. If you get this alien parasite on you, you become you become a sexy enhanced person. Yeah. You lose your deformity and you get mm. you get sexy. Yeah. This had some weird, very heavy-handed uh, refugee uh, in, uh, stuff in there. There's a there's a Donald Trump. There's just, there's someone just, just gone, straight up just drew just, Donald just Trump. Donald in Trump. This. It's not. A, he's not even future Donald Trump or mutant Donald Trump. It's just Donald Trump in there. <laughs> and first of all, yuck! Yeah. Don't insert. Don't get me involved in a story and then just throw that in there. Ugh! I was eating. <laughs> you wouldn't mind. Yeah, I was eating eating while I read this delightful tale of deformed <laughs> peeps of scrubbers. There's a there's a line, and I get can only Trump go out of my far. scrubbers book. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, there have been better Judge Dredd stories. Yeah, for sure. So read those instead. But I, I guess, I guess, I feel dread is. Oh no, there's been some good ones recently. I feel maybe, but I, th- I think a lot. If the, you need a deft hand to get a don- to get a not a Donald Trump, you need a deft hand to get a, a Judge Dread storyline to work. I think because he's very much a product of the eighties. Yeah, th- you've got to go all out and just go crazy with yeah. it. There's a brilliant one recently by Ulysses Farinas and Eric Freitas. The Blessed which, Earth. Yes, that, yes. Did you yeah. read much of that? Yeah, some of it. Yeah, that yeah. was like set in the future. Art was zany and crazy yeah, uh-huh. and. Uh, it had like ghosts I, and yeah. All I also kinds think you need you need Mega City One to be insane. Yes, and I feel like the art in this, while I th- I thought it was fine and good, you I I, I need this insane, dirty. It was, Mega yeah, City it was one. almost a Blade Runner. Yeah, comic right. Uh-huh. With, with scrubbers. Yeah, Blade Scrubber. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> they need those Blade Scrubbers. <laughs> um, what do you think of the movie, uh, the Tim Burton directed movie Mars Attacks, Meso? I really remember being hyped about it when it before it came out. Like so excited because you yeah. would have been. I was like, I was first year of high school when that yeah. came out. It was uh-huh. the first movie I saw without without parents. Actually, no, that was The Lion King. Um, <laughs> but my parents were very upset that, that that the parents whose kid I was visiting just dumped us at the cinema and yeah, drove right. off. Say whatever one. you want. I don't, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, when I was at high school, the first movie I got to see um, without parents was yeah. Mars Attacks. Uh-huh. Uh, a, a movie starring everybody. Yeah, everybody <laughs> being brutally slaughtered in a variety of creative ways. 
I think maybe I, I was hyped about it, but then I was... I thought it was interesting because it was just a movie that fe- featured such wanton destruction and death. Yeah, I, I, it's a movie that I would happily rewatch. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Um, just a big, goofy sci-fi movie. Yeah, right. I think it's like the last Tim Burton movie I, I like. There you go, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, people are chanting... Somebody's probably probably someone's a big Mars Attacks fan. <laughs> <laughs> some some big fish hands, uh-huh. big fish fans are, are yelling at us. I was gonna say, oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I was gonna say maybe it's somebody eating a maxi bon really fast because yeah, there's a stand just people doing that. It's like yeah, you, you and your mates stand up next to each other and eat a maxi bon as f- quickly as possible. Yeah. I watched it for about ten minutes and I was like, what am <laughs> I doing? Yeah, right. I could watch real games. I could uh, play yeah. real games. Uh-huh. I yeah. could just eat a maxi bon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anyway, Mars Attacks is a uh, is a new series uh, through Dynamite Comics who published mostly licensed stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is written by Kyle Starks, who uh, wrote a very good comic about hobos last year All right. that Image put out. Um, uh-huh. He also wrote the great book uh, Heck. Um, uh-huh. he's, a, he's a very good comedic writer and usually does his own art in his own books too. Oh, was Heck like a comics, like an underground comic yes. kind of stuff? I remember Heck, yeah. <laughs> um, Chris Schweitzer um, does uh, the art on this, so the art is, uh, is pretty great too. Uh, and colouring by Liz Trice Schweitzer. Um, and this is uh, like just a kind of just painting a picture of basically I think there's been a series of Mars Attacks comics basically Mars yep. Attacks someone yeah, for sure the, yeah the earth and we just whatever see, we earth did, is happening currently they get, they get attacked yeah I thought this was fun and self-referential I like the art it's quite uh, quite stylized and caricature yeah definitely so yeah. We, ha- we have a um, kind of like go nowhere like hippie dude who just lost his job so he goes to visit his uh, father who is in a retirement village mm-hmm. um, to ask for some money yep. um, and then they uh, learn that Mars <laughs> attacks Mars yeah. attacks and they find this out because one of the doctors is going around um, <laughs> offering lethal injections yeah anyone to... who wants one <laughs> and, and he once he gives them to all the old people he plans to give himself one yeah, right. because no one wants to deal with, uh, with, <laughs> with the aliens uh, and so yeah I guess like yeah w- once we see like you know y- your standard uh, cartoonish carnage, uh, courtesy of the uh, Martians. We then, um, uh, I guess, we, the, the, the father and son are going to embark on on a great escape. Yes, from Mars attacking, mm. uh, and then we get a glimpse at uh, at the president. <laughs> in a, uh, in he's going to fight back. He's going to fight back because uh, the Martians make his little girl cry <laughs> because they're going to ki- they're going to they're hurting the kitties and the puppies. That's right. Uh, oh, this is like just a really fun, sweet, yeah, fun, yeah. Uh, alien comic. Yeah, and. Uh, the the alien carnage stuff looks yeah. great. I feel like maybe there's not enough for me to buy that like on an individual issue basis, but maybe if they put it together in a trade, I'd be like, oh, that's a fun, breezy kind of 15-minute raid. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Perfect description. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good one. Mars Attacks. Yeah. And it gets in the good pile. There's three in there right now. Now, as is tradition. <laughs> that's right. Uh, it's, it's very, very important. Uh, in fact, yeah, Meso refuses to do this show unless, uh, <laughs> unless a Kiss comic comes out the week that we record. Uh, and this week we got uh, Dynamite releasing... Kiss, Blood and Stardust. <laughs> now, uh, I don't know if this is set in the Kiss continuity of the previous Kiss comic that I read, but I do know there's 10 variant covers because Kiss time. know their audience yep. and it's, this just exists for, for Kiss fans to buy As many Kiss copies merch. as... Yeah, yeah exactly. So uh-huh. it's written by Brian Hill, which is actually the only reason I even picked it up. Uh-huh. Brian Hill uh, is about to, uh, to do Batman and the Outsiders. Oh, I see. After, off the back of uh, a pretty good run over at Detective and... Uh, he did the great Wildstorm Michael Cray series as well. Yeah, right. He's a good writer. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and uh, here he is doing a kiss book for some reason yeah. with art by Rodney Buscemi uh-huh. and colours by Adriano Augusto. Perfectly serviceable. Uh, um, look, I didn't hate this one as much as the, the previous one, but the previous one was a book published in like 2016 that was about 
a, a man who forbid his son to to, to, <laughs> to listen to rock and roll to listen to rock and roll because it was the devil's music and dangerous again in the 21st century and I'm like I just couldn't buy it from that point but in this one kiss die kiss die so straight so away a, we're on board oh, tremendous <laughs> uh, kiss die in a in a tour bus crash uh, and they are brought back to life by a demon named Lilith who uh, who needs their help to defeat an even more evil demon I yes. think yeah. Uh, and uh, the the the, the evil, even more evil demon is posing as a David Bowie ripoff. Yes, he is. That yeah. Kiss do not like. No, why would they? Uh, so uh, yeah, they, they they this ends with them coming back from hell covered in like armor. Mm-hmm, I love yep. that they always have glowing eyes. There's actually one really cool moment where I was like, okay, maybe that is awesome. Uh, where they're on, uh, but before they die, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, the uh, is it Gene? Gene Simmons comes, um, like, while the rest of the band sleep in their beds, Gene Simmons, in full Kiss uh, makeup and outfit, comes to the front and sits next to the bus driver, and he goes, um, you're not going to sleep, Gene? He gets, uh, Gene says, I had some inspiration. That's always more important than sleep. So true. And then uh, the driver says, you're still wearing the makeup. And then Gene looks at him and goes, what makeup? Yeah, nice. <laughs> and then they die. Yeah. <laughs> he's not a he's not a belligerent man in his 60s. No. Do, do, should, you know... Doing rock and roll by numbers, he's a real demon, and his eyes just glow it. red all the time. Yeah, right. But I know it's kind of it's awesome. kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, this is stupid. I don't need to read any more of no, it. No, for sure. And mm-hmm. who who does? And what's the best? What's the best? I mean, I like the you know, it's the the tradition of Kiss get some superpowers. You know, that's kind of a comic book trope. For, yep. for decades, so it's fine. What would, what would it, like next time when you do a show? What 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 would you like? What adventures would you like to see Kiss getting into? What's I your think ideal they Kiss maybe comic? Maybe Kiss open a frozen yogurt stand. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's for people who want to eat frozen yogurt, Just but bit, they're, they're too rock and tongues. roll. Yes, exactly. Tongue-shaped yogurt, mm-hmm. yummo. Mm-hmm. Um, so we haven't had nights many... in soft serve service. Oh, that's good. Kiss that's great. three S's. <laughs> um, let's talk about another Halloween book. We didn't get that many considering Halloween is right, mere yeah. days away. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a uh, Halloween inter- intermission number one of the Boombox series, The Backstages, which is written by James Tinney and the Fourth. Uh, with Ryan Sai and Walter Bayamonte. Um, and uh, the main story of this uh, is just a fun backstages um, Halloween comic featuring the main characters from the uh, very great um, all-ages uh, kind of queer-focused boombox series, The Backstages, mm-hmm. which is about a bunch of uh, young dudes in a theatre club at their school um, mm-hmm. who who basically have to deal with... Uh, uh, not just the actors and uh, all, all of the all everything that comes with putting on a show at a uh, rundown theater at a school, right. but also in, in the backstage uh, is like a realm of of crazy shit. Yeah, right. Um, uh-huh. That they have to like keep at bay, so monsters are constantly yeah. breaking into the theater, which and we stuff. didn't get a lot of in this, but we did get. Uh we get one. We got one Halloween monster. It's, yeah. it was fun. This was good. And the monster is the embodiment of stage fright. Yes, that's which right. Which I thought was really clever. Yeah, uh, which is called the bug. Yeah. <laughs> Um, have you read any of Backstage before? I never have, before? no. No, this was a surprise to me. This is one of those comics that I just wish would be turned into a, uh, you know, Steven Universe-esque It does look uh, very Steven Universe, yeah. Series. Oh, yeah. Uh, it lend itself so well to that. And yeah. all of the Boombox uh, series are super great, you know, for... Especially if you're, you know, a young queer kid yeah, wanting and, to read and what I, comics. Like, what I did enjoy about this as well is that all the characters are... They they all fit this this universe, but they're all very distinctive looking. Yes, they've all. It's a whole bunch of different body types and and looks and stuff like that. And nobody's ever 
you know, nobody's ever looked down upon because of that. Yeah, it's a really fun and sweet series Mm. when it's being written and drawn by the original creative team. There's Uh a few backups written by, uh, written and drawn by some uh, other guests. So Uh Sam Johns and Savannah Ganacho and some others like that. But they're they're fine. It's it's very obviously not written by the same people. Yeah, right. But they are also writing like, you know, tiny little short Mm. two pages set, set on Halloween. It's cute. Yeah. This is a good little package. If you're already a fan of Backstages, you've probably already got this. If not, and you are a Backstages fan, add this to your collection because it's, it's real good. Mm. We're one comic away from Baron Rat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but first, uh, a comic that... But don't skip ahead. You're going to want to skip ahead. But yeah. don't skip ahead to Baron Rat. Uh, we have a comic called Dead Kings, published mm. uh, by Aftershock, written by Steve Orlando, who writes many comics about uh, Russia, um, yeah. including this one, uh, which he co-recreated with uh, Matthew Doe Smith, who's the artist, and colours by Lauren Aff. Now, this is sort of a parallel universe, Russia, maybe, well, or an alternate alternate. So I, I read this days ago, so you don't understand how happy I am to be in the presence of someone that I can ask, Meso, yes. what did you think the story oh, was? no, <laughs> I don't even know when I read it like an hour ago. Okay, so it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's many years ago, two twins were born, and, and, and they, they grew up to adulthood, and one of them has been thrown into prison, uh, and, and the other one has to go back into into his old town uh, to, to find a way to get him out of a prison camp, except it's also in a world where there were giant robots. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good job. Thank you. Uh, it was fine. It was fine. It was a little confusing, again, because we don't... The, the, the character gives a fake name or he gives a fake origin at one point, and I'm like, okay, so which character is he? And then eventually I'm like, okay, he's one of the twins from the, from the start. Yeah. He, has, he has to track down a great hero. It's a little bit like Edge of Tomorrow. He has to track down a great Emily Blunt-esque yep. female war hero to, to help him achieve his goal. Except she doesn't kill him repeatedly. Which would have made for a much more interesting yeah. comic. And it would, what would also make a much more interesting comic is another action sequence with the giant robots. Yes. Which is kind of what I was hoping for. We didn't get that. Maybe, yeah. maybe issue two. Great cover. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, ladies and gentlemen, it is, it is very, very exciting uh, to finally get to the reason everyone's tuned in today. <laughs> Uh, it's Nick's uh, incredible review, I assume going to be incredible, mm-hmm. of uh, the Alterna Comics uh, $1 one-shot uh, issue, Baron Rat and the Great Cheese Caper by Troy Vivasis and Alexander Jovich. Mm. Now, this is uh, a spin-off of, um, what's it called, like Bony bony man mr crypt oh that's who that guy is okay right um alterna comics are a pretty fun little publisher that published very very cheap comics yeah right on uh, on like crappy old newspaper it's stuff it's a one dollar one shot yeah um and uh baron rat tell me about baron ratney what was the point of this <laughs> that's what i thought when i before i opened it yeah. and it's what i thought after i read it so baron rat is a little rat that that lives in Mr. Cripp's house. Yep. Mm-hmm. And guess what he loves? Cheese. Cheese. Mm-hmm. And guess and what? There's a cheese festival. The happening. annual cheese festival starts today. Mm-hmm. And uh, Baron Rat goes to steal cheese. And so we just have like a, a, an issue of him stealing cheese. And, and he encounters it. some resistance, but then he gets the cheese. Good and, on him. Like, I love goopy, goofy old comic book strips, yeah, but right. this did nothing new with the yeah, format. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, very, very strange that this would be drawn in 2018. Mm and then uh, Mr. Cripp shows up at the end and, uh, and, and Baron Rat, who is who, never established why he's a Baron. Is he a Baron? What does a Baron do? Maybe his name's Baron. Maybe it's Baron Rat. All oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Maybe he's Captain Baron Rat. Mr. Mr. Cripp, 
Mr. Crip shows up at the end and is like, oh, what, you, what did you do today? And uh, he's like, oh, that's good. Uh, I, I heard that there was a bunch of cheese stolen. You don't know anything about that, do you? And then Baron Rat winks at the camera, oh, the end. Because he stole the cheese. That's the twist. Yeah, and it's in his oh, stomach. That's what, where the food goes when you eat Baron it. Baron Rat's done it again, let me tell you. <laughs> so best comic of the week, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Terrific. So what do you reckon? Was this stack of number ones better or worse than the last time? And there were definitely more re- of them. I, yeah, I just remember feeling pain last time. So this is much. This is way better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I, I think last time we recorded on, on chairs... Yep. <laughs> Which are currently better than... Oh, uh, I'm in physical pain yeah, right now. But, like, but emotionally, I'm fine. I can't I'm doing move, great. Can't move one of my butt cheeks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could to begin with, but no, I definitely can't now. I lost the feeling in my feet and I had to take my shoes off during this. <laughs> so now you smell better than most people at PAX. Mm, that's right. Honest. Got him. Got him. Got him. Got you all. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, well, Nick, thank you so much for, uh, for, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. What a pleasure. Um, over to you and me very soon, Levens and Siobhan. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if, if anyone listening does not listen to The Weekly Planet, that's where you can hear me. So uh, every week with Mr. Sunday Movies. Sometimes we talk about comic books. Sometimes we talk about other stuff. This week we're talking about Halloween. I found you guys because before I set up Serious Issues, I was like, I'm going to look up all of the comic books podcasts that exist. Right. And your one came up pretty quickly. But um, and and they're like you know we talk about comic books and then I spent the entire first episode going when are they getting are they, the comic exactly, books? when are they going to talk about comic books? Yeah, oh that's how we should lure people in with also we're going to talk about get rich quick schemes. Yeah. we're going to give it to Trump. Yeah, <laughs> got him. Um, so uh, yeah, listen to the Weekly Planet. Yeah, or just go to planetbroadcasting.com. and hopefully you'll be able to hear the uh, the live uh, episode that we recorded yesterday. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, which I've got to edit and remove a small amount of hissing sound out of. Nah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Get what um, you pay for. Yeah, very true. Mm. Um, okay, cool. Enjoy the rest of your episode, everybody. Bye, I'm, guys. I'm Levens from yesterday, and this is Nick Mason. Bye. Hi, Siobhan. <laughs> Have a good episode. <laughs> she will. I'll ensure it. Great. Bye. And we're back. Well, Hello. I'm back. And I'm I- Meso. <laughs> and I've got Siobhan Coombs with me. Uh, we're at King's Comics. Um, I, uh, I survived PAX. 
I Congratulations. Recorded. You didn't even get sick. You are, yeah. I'm a healthy boy now. Mm. Even, so I can drink <laughs> I can drink solidly for an entire weekend, but my body knows that I'll be good to it the week after. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> um, I haven't had like a coughing fit in, in a year. Congratulations. It's been great. Uh, bye, Andrew. Bye. <laughs> Um, you'll know who that is on Wednesday. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, um, I recorded like 11 hours of podcasts at PAX over the weekend. Wow. Uh, and why not make it one more, Siobhan? We're absolutely. back here uh, at Kings at Sydney. Uh, Meso was uh, very kind enough to sit down with me on the floor at PAX. Oh. Uh, literally on the floor. We had, we had, both of us had our shoes off by the end of the recording. <laughs> and we're like, because we just had insane pins and needles in both legs. Um, sitting on the hard floor at PAX. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he's, 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 a, he's a man of many talents. Um, Hard worker. Shoe taking off. Absolutely. What um, was his favorite one? What did he like best out of the number ones? Was uh, it Deadpool versus Black Panther? Yes, it was actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you read that? No, I didn't. It's Kibblesmith writing it. Yeah, so it I don't like Kibblesmith that much. They what like has he done that I like? Quantum, that Quantum and Woody run that we like. There was like one issue out of that whole run that I liked. Anyway. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, what normally happens on this week, on, on this show, if you, uh, if you is your first one listening, uh, welcome. Uh, we begin every episode by reviewing all the number ones. And then once we've done that, we go into reviewing uh, all the books from all the, all the publishers that don't have a number one on them. Uh, so we're going to start with DC this week. Nice. Um, and we're going to talk about um, Action Comics number 1004. It's a big number. The big one zero zero four. Written by Brian Michael Bendis with um, pencils by Ryan Sook. Love um, Ryan Sook. Uh, with uh, inks by Wade von Grohbadger um, and Brad Anderson on colors. Um, now this is the Superman book that I prefer over out of the Bendis Superman books, mm-hmm. um, and uh, deals more with uh, the Daily Planet as opposed to Superman in space punching stuff. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I want to see I want to see Clark Kent being forced to type. For, for, <laughs> for low wage. Fingers, yeah, yeah. Pretending as a nerd. I love that stuff. So good. Uh, but we uh, we began this run with um, Lois going into space with um, Clark Kent's father. Sorry, well, Superman's father, Jor-El. Jor-El and her son, John. Um, and uh, we thought that they would be gone for a long time. But in fact, Lois Lane has returned to Earth and has been undercover, hiding from her husband and the rest of the world, wearing a wig so she can write her novel. Um, and this kind of deals with... Uh, them kind of potentially taking a break in their marriage. Mm. What do you think about that? I feel very weird about it. Um, I sort of, I sort of really like it because I think one of the things that's kind of missing from contemporary Superman's stories and what I think they miss a lot of the time in the Superman like movies and whatever um, is the is the sort of tension is the like. Lois doesn't know who Clark is and she's in love with Superman but she's not in love with Clark um, and so you get that sort of tension there and I think that's been missing a lot um, so I'm kind of I'm kind of okay with it but I sort of I, I don't know if I love Bendis' voice for Lois like I feel like this is a weirdly I feel like she's weirdly glib about letting her like seven year old son go into space by himself and um, she's a bit cruel to Clark I'll give her I a break she's t- he's ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh god um, yeah she's a bit sort of I don't know. I don't know. This, yeah. was, a, this was a funny issue. They, he, he fumbled it a little bit. I really, I still love all the I Daily like Planet stuff. I like that they stuff. give uh, Superman a hairy chest. Yep. But sorry, continue. Um, I, I'm not sure where, the, where they're going to go with this. It seems like, uh, it seems just too strange of a thing to happen in a book to, that, that for it not to have repercussions. Yeah. Um, you know, like Lois hiding her existence on Earth from her husband. That's weird. Yeah. Like, I mean, how could she even do that? He's Superman. Yeah, exactly. So obviously he found out. Um, but and what does Lex want with her? Yeah, totally. So I'm not sure where they're going with that, but I'm really enjoying this, you know, all these new staff at the Daily Planet who are trying to, 
you know, uncover who Superman is. Mm-hmm, and that, mm-hmm. that, like, that's where the tension comes from. And that is really interesting. There's this new villain that's taking out uh, mob mobsters called the Red Cloud. Yep. Um, and that's really, that's really good. I'm enjoying where that, that, the, those plots. But um, I was expecting a lot more from Lois's explanation than yeah. I needed to write a book. Leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you could probably do that and <laughs> not have your husband be sitting by himself in your son's room sad. Yeah, You know, totally. like, it, it's just so, like, she doesn't... Anyway, whatever. Weirdly cruel. Um, I, but, man, I would read anything that Ryan Sook draws. Yep, and, and Bendis is very kind enough to give him, like, I think two double-page spreads throughout the issue of just yep. Superman being super. There's a great moment where, where they're, they're having a D&M, he and Lois, <laughs> and he's like, one second, and then it's just like this brilliant double-page spread of him just, like, punching criminals in the face. And lots of great, like, really sort of iconic Lois and Clark smooches. Good, good, yep. good. Good stuff. Um, so, uh, let's talk about... I'm gonna, at the moment, DC are doing um, a bunch of like cool foil covers, mm-hmm. um, which I shouldn't like as much as I do, I but I do same. like them. I do. I love um, a gimmick. And we've got the second issue of uh, Justice League Odyssey, which is very shiny it's and foily. very shiny. Um, this is uh, the book written by Joshua Williamson with art by Stepchan Sejic. Um, and uh, this it's is... It's the best Justice League book. Yeah, well, so it's, um, it's, it's Cyborg, um, Azrael... Uh, Jessica Drew, the Green Lantern. Jessica Cruz. Cruz. That's right. Jessica Drew is, is a Marvel character. She's um, Spider-Woman. And uh, Coriander. A.K.A. Starfire. Starfire. Uh, teaming up with a younger um, and pretty hot <laughs> dark side. <laughs> Come on. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Not hot. Don't kink shame me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, man, I love, I love Sage Like, ugh. This is such a gorgeous looking book. I love uh, his take on Starfire's hair. I love it when Starfire's hair is like bigger and longer than she is. And he does it in sort of these big swirling tendrils. Looks amazing. Jessica Cruz has really big thighs. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, But at some point in the future, um, these various uh, colonies in space have started viewing uh, Starfire and Cyclops and Azrael. Sorry, Cyborg. I do that constantly. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, they've started viewing them as gods. Um, and, and they they happen upon all these sort of ancient-looking temples with sort of starfire as a goddess and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and so Darkseid is like, he, he's the one who got them to come all the way into space so he can work with them as opposed mm-hmm. to oppose them to try and, I guess, save the world, I guess. Is that the, that's, 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 that's save that's the everyone. universe. Oh, of course. It was quite surprising to have Darkseid being like, we need millions of souls like hanging the balance. You're like, I don't think that's Darkseid's problem. I think he's like, sweet, I love death. He's sexy and hot now. You're thinking of Thanos. I really don't think he's sexy and hot. I think you have some problems that you need to work through. He still <laughs> looks like Darkseid. And he's not even wearing his little skirt. Usually I would accept it because Darkseid's wearing a little skirt. And that's very. He kind of looks a little bit like Apocalypse with his big collar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but look at man, look at these, look at He's these. got a big gem in his yeah, chest. Well, well he ha- handles himself when he runs. <laughs> He's got a good core. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like Azrael's space armor too. Yep. The aesthetics of this book are definitely like my favorite thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but it is like the story is just fun. It's yeah. you know like a bunch of characters that I've never seen interact together. Yes, that are just now forced on a weird team for some dumb reason. It reminds me of the Adam Strange um, story arc from Fifty Two. Oh yeah, maybe definitely. just because Starfire's in it, but similar. It also reminds me of like I feel like I always bring up. Avengers Arena as like a you know a great example of a bunch of characters that you would never expect to see together having to work together. Yes. Um, and you know it's not it's not really a hero story although this is more of one but uh, yeah it's good shit is it's what I'm really trying to say. It's really good. It's really good. I really like it. 
Uh, so two more foil covers this week uh, came from the New Age of Heroes line of DC. Um, we've got the new issue, issue number 10 of The Silencer, written by Dan Abnett with art by Pat Zercher, um, uh, which sees uh, the two body-swapped assassins um, having to fight a big magical beast that has been uh, uh, created by the magic... Like like a witch who works for Talia Al Ghul, mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. is uh, uh, who's sick of people not taking the magic wing of mm-hmm. Leviathan seriously, so she's trying to create havoc. And uh, of course, one of the um, assassins is uh, the Silencer, the main character, who um, has tricked her family into coming with her on this mission, um, which happens to be near a Superman-themed theme park, um, which gets t- attacked by a magical dragon. So, not a great mum, uh, but this book is just. Or- a multitasking mum who's got a lot on her hands. Yeah, they are safe, to be honest. But she might not be. She might not be. Um, I think that Zurcher should probably exclusively draw Kaiju because I think that the big monster is like the best looking thing in this whole book. Yeah. I find the colours on this really strange. There's something very like uh, dated and washed out looking. Um, it's Mike Spicer on the colours. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to call someone out after um, saying it's weird, but I, I just find. I don't know how to quite... Well, we normally like Spicer a lot on, yeah. the, on, the, on, the, on the image books he does. I think it's just... I think it is just like... It, this is even... I, I like Zetra's art, but it's not... Um, it's not uh, Victor Bogdanovich. Exactly, who was still on the book before. And so it still feels like a, a little bit of a... A little bit of a blow-in. Yeah. Cool. Well, <laughs> um, I'm still enjoying this book. I think it's by far the best of the New Age of Heroes line, of which really? I, I'm only reading two. Yeah. But uh, we're going to talk about The Terrifics next, issue number nine, written by Jeff Lemire. Um, art on this is currently by... Is it still... Where are they is right? Eaglesham? Yeah, I think it's Eaglesham on, the, on this. Uh, no, it's Jordi... Uh, sorry, uh, Jose Luis on, yeah. on art, um, with Jordi uh, Tarragona on inks and Michael Atia on, on colours. Um, and uh, this is one of the few Lemire books that I don't love at the moment. Yeah, it's a bit of a confusing one. Um, I feel like it might read better in trade. Yeah, it's a it's a love letter to Fantastic Four classic comics, except it's starring DC characters. Um, this cover hilariously has uh, like just a stand-in for Doom, Doctor yeah. Doom, Doctor Dread, uh, hilarious. Dr. Yeah, good job. Um, and but uh, yeah, it is it, it is a big throwback feeling comic, which Lemire excels at when he does it in Black Hammer. But in this, I just kind of find it like a bit tiresome. There's, I feel like there's a little bit too much going on. I would like it to be a little bit uh, pared back because I find the sort of uh, quieter moments really good. And I think that what is revealed at the end in terms of the ongoing story is very compelling. Um, and I really like what he's doing with Mister Terrific. Yep. Um, but uh, this issue is like. It's got Tom Strong and his family, and it takes place in like three different alternate universes, and there's a million characters, and um, it's just a bit much. Like we barely see Plastic Man in this. And what's the point of having a comic book with Plastic Man in it if he's not front and center at all times? Exactly, very true. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm still reading it, but it is like it's a bit. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a slog. Yeah, Uh, I think this this comic was at its best during the Doc Shana issues that he drew. Yes, Um, absolutely. And the art is great in this issue, but I just for whatever reason, it just uh, I just find it tough mm-hmm, to get mm-hmm. through it's a bit exhausting um, over to Wonder Woman now for issue number 57 uh, part 4 of the Witching Hour crossover with Justice League Dark um, written by James Tinney and the fourth uh, this one features art by uh, Emanuela Lupacino that was a fun name to say uh, Ray McCarthy on inks and Romulo Fiato Jr another fun name uh, on colours um, and yeah this is clearly the second last issue of a big crossover event 
Um, so it's you know it's, it's not not as exciting as it was when it, it was rolling, and it's not as satisfying as the final issue probably was. But I am enjoying this um, kind of big coming together of the kind of uh, dark. DC Universe characters, the mysticals, mm-hmm, ma- magicians mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And Wonder Woman, it's a good pairing. It works. Yeah, very cool. I didn't actually read this issue, so I'm just trying to like have a flip through now. But like, I love the art. I love the characters that they're bringing in. Like, It would be cool if this sort of ghostly sisterhood of the slight hand um, showed back up because I love all those characters. Um, one relationship that I'm really enjoying in this is uh, Zatanna and Constantine. Mm-hmm. This is the best version of their relationship that I think I've seen. Yeah, totally. It almost kind of creepy. And in this one, it's like he, he planted a smooch on her earlier on because he thought the world was ending and then quickly apologized for it. Um, and they kind of have this like, you know, it, they, it, you know they've dated at some point, but they're never going to date again. Mm. And, and like, because Satana's way too smart for that, but she yep. still admires him um, and, and, and wants him to be a part of the team and, and be a good magician. I don't know. It's it's good shit. I hope that I actually would love a Zatanna Constantine book. Yeah. I think that's how you if you if you want to use Constantine in the DC universe, you have to kind of make anchor, it a romance. Exactly, anchor it somehow. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think that would be a good fun thing to do. Get Chris Anchor to do it. <laughs> that's a great idea. Um, Batman was in Detective Comics this um, this week, nine hundred and ninety one, uh, written by James Robinson um, with uh, Carmen Carmine Di Germanico, Jean Domenico on uh, on art and Ivan Placencia on colors. Um, and this is uh, a team-up, an unlikely team-up of Batman, Commissioner Gordon, and Two-Face. Uh, it's not that unlikely. Yeah, They've know, done it before. Totally. But it's fun when it happens. I love Absolutely. Two-Face. This is, yeah, it's not a, a new or remarkable uh, Batman story, but there is a comfort in reading it. Yeah, it's not... They're definitely not, like, changing anything or doing anything different. That's kind of satisfying because I feel like every Batman writer of the last like five or so years comes in like and then I'm going to rewrite his entire history Don't everything see, yeah. you thought you knew about Batman is a lie actually he's a bat demon god from wherever Scott Snyder so this is just like a much more classic detective story it's very satisfying to read very enjoyable I feel like Robinson has a really good understanding of like Two-Face as a character and he does some interesting character moments in this and hilariously is almost like a continuation not of like recent um, Batman events but it kind of feeds directly from Greg Rucker's Batman mm. run and his time on the DC Universe because um, you have Cobra and you have Checkmate yep. uh, yes. all, all getting name checked in this issue and yeah and, and of course uh, Two-Face is one of the best characters that Greg Rucker wrote during his time at DC yeah, and the final page has the Batmobile gunning down the street with Batman driving and Two-Face popping out of the top with two guns in his hand. Pew, pew, pew. It's so funny. It's like, the best team-up ever. Like, surely if a Batman would be like, yeah, we can have a team-up, but you can't use pistols. Yeah. Because you know, it's like one thing I don't like. <laughs> Two-Face is like, open the, open the, oh, what are they called? Open the sunroof. Yeah, yeah. I want to get out. Guns or I walk. <laughs> Um, so uh, you read Batgirl I did, I did I read Batgirl issue 28 Another shiny metallic cover Absolutely Written by Mary Reed Scott With Paul Pelletier on pencils And I didn't even especially want to read this I was like No, I don't even want to read this anymore I'm just going to flick through Bat And girl. then I was really <laughs> Bats can't be girls um, And then I was just immediately um, Totally gripped by it I really enjoy this Batgirl has been framed For the murder Of a supervillain Called Grotesque And the police But it turns out That the police officer Who's investigating her Is actually Grotesque And he is an addict Who is being um, Blackmailed By a computer program <laughs> Called Worm <laughs> um, Who 
like makes an AI of his dead wife. What? Yeah. And Babs um, might be like the chip in her brain that allows her to walk again, might be malfunctioning. And so Commissioner Gordon is all over her, like stop disabling yourself on purpose. And it's got like beautiful character moments between Babs and her dad. And then like great action sequences. Excellent. And great, like it's really good. And it feels very, um, it feels very old school. Like she's back in her old costume and Babs of Burnside is gone and she's back in Gotham. And I just really like it. Cool. It's just really good. I guess for similar reasons that I like that we like Detective this week too. Yes, absolutely. A very similar vibe. Yeah, cool. I'm going to pick that up. That looks great. Super enjoyable. Pass it over. Batgirl number 28. Uh, so one uh, weird DC book that I couldn't not pick up this week. Weird. Is uh, issue 43 of Scooby-Doo Team-Up. Nice. Which is, uh, yeah, DC uh, basically put out a, a Scooby-Doo book where he teams up with a different DC character. More often than not, it's Batman or, you know, some Bat character. This week it was the Doom Patrol. Weird. And uh, I was that's like, a good Halloween comic, though. Yeah, and I was like, how, how are they going to do this? And, like, yeah, sure enough, the Mystery Machine featuring uh, all of the Scooby gang uh, drives down, uh, uh, what's his name, Jimmy the Street? Uh, oh, Danny? Danny, Danny the Street. Oh my so, God. so, so in in Grant Morrison's uh, uh, Doom Patrol run, one of the characters is a street, mm. and so the Mystery Machine drives down it, and then they then they suddenly have to team up with the Doom Patrol to help fight uh, a bunch of like you know weird monsters. That and sounds better than both Scooby Apocalypse and the current uh, the most recent Doom Patrol series. It was super fun. Like it's the kind of like it feels like Golden Age versions of these characters, but with a lot of uh, ideas from Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol run put in it. Um, so cool. And yeah, Flex Metallo shows up to save the day at the end. Cool. And, and Who wrote this? Uh, yeah, I should I should definitely say that, like I do for every other review. Um, it was written by Sholly Fish, mm. with uh, drawn by Dario Brazella, and colors by Franco Riesco. And and uh, I posted this in our um, in our Facebook group, which you can find over at facebook.com/slash/groups/slash/seriousissuespodcast. Uh, and uh, a lot of people were like, "Yeah, it's actually a really fun book. Book that might serious secretly be one of DC's best books." I think it is. There was like there was you you, you were like baffled like one minute ago, ago when I, I said, know, and then I started remembering uh, some of the covers. Yeah. <laughs> of this series that I've seen over time, and I'm like, oh, that does. Sound apparently, cool. the, the, the issue before this one was a team up with Swamp Thing. Awesome. So it's all these like unlikely, like you know, smaller known uh, DC characters teaming up with the Scooby Gang, and you know, Scooby just says Rikes, and great. Then they just do their thing. That's all you want them to say. You know, Velma drops her glasses and says Jinkies. You know how how it works. It's fun, and that's what comics should be sometimes. So Scooby Doo team up forty three. Comics my, are for kids. My thumbs up. Turns out. Um, over to let's talk about two image books now before we move over to Marvel. Um, and uh, this week I read Die 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 issue number four. I didn't get to it, and I'm annoyed at myself. Written by Robert Kirkman with um, art. Uh, sorry, written by Robert Kirkman and Scott M. Gimple um, with art by Chris Burnham and colors by Nathan Fairbairn. Uh, this is the Three uh, brothers who are assassins. One of them dies in the first issue, and then one of the one of his other identical triplet brothers uh, takes over his life. And this whole issue dealt with him being found out by his brother's wife, uh, who is also an incredible like ninja trained assassin. And they have a fight, and it's just brilliant action scenes. Burnham is such a great violent artist, um, and there's just so many great fight moments in this. It's also like. Kirkman is at his most over the top and silly, and it's 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 quite gross and and uh, and and 
and Burnham full on. is very gory. If, so if you, if you if you have a light stomach for gore, this is not the comic for you. But it does so with a lightness that Absolutely. is just it just always stays on the amusing side. Um, I'm enjoying this series so much more than I thought I would when I heard of its existence. Um, this is like one of the cool surprises of the year, uh, and I'm I'm really really excited to see where this kind of like fun story of brotherhood assassins uh, goes. And also United States Supreme Court. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, there's a whole lot going on here. Um, and yeah, it's, 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 it's so fun. It's revealed who who paid for the uh, the oh. one, one of the brothers to die in this. Oh, there is a shit joke. There but it's a, so in this because they're secret agents. Um, they learn that if the, we learn that if you say rhubarb pie because of some like Sesame Street brainwashing that has been going on in America for years, whoever whoever hears it shits themselves. And so it's used to great effect twice in this in this issue. It sounds filthy. What's wrong it, with you, Kirk? There's a, there's a charm to it. Yeah, it's really and funny. The way it's explained, it's like I don't know. It's 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 done really well. Yeah, it's like um. But if what? if Ennis did this, you would hate it. But there's a there's yeah. a deftness to his writing that I just I, I really enjoy. It's very enjoyable. Good job, Kirks, and everyone else. Mostly Burnham. Mostly Burnham. <laughs> um, I also read uh, Burnouts issue number two. Same. This is the um, fun book that uh, if you're a a teen uh, and you smoke weed um, while you're high and being a burnout you can see aliens that and it's up to you to stay high so you can rid the world of aliens uh, funnily enough Chris Burnham does the covers to these uh, to these issues this is issue number two it's written by Dennis Culver with art by Jeffo great um, and uh, this uh, issue saw our main character Andy um Basically, like becoming hang- more and more of a burnout, That's so right. that he can fight aliens. Uh, and this time, they're fighting aliens that uh, have have um, in- inserted themselves into cows. Yes, taken the- taken over the, mo- the bodies of cows. Yes, inserted themselves. <laughs> into cows. That sounds like a very different kind of alien probing. That's, um, how, that's how you get the babies out of them. <laughs> But so these aliens can take over the bodies of uh, people and it turns out also animals. And so our burnouts go cow tipping, um, but with the intention of uh, getting the getting the aliens out of the cows yep. and smashing them with baseball bats. Yeah. And meanwhile, really Andy's family is suspecting him of, you know, being, being a burnout, being a burnout, doing drugs. But they're all they're all aliens now. Yeah. It's awesome. It's so good. Yeah. It's a really silly, pulpy book that I'm enjoying quite a lot. Yeah, it's good fun. Good teen nonsense. L- love the cover to the next one. Um, yeah, I, I haven't loved Burnham's covers so far, but the next one's awesome. Burnham draws a good cow. He, draws a, he is iconic for yeah. drawing good cows. He, he invented bat cow. Bat cow. Um, it's over to Marvel now. Um, and uh, you know what? You've not been negative for a, quite a few minutes <laughs> now, Siobhan. <laughs> Let's talk about Spider-Geddon, no. issue number two. Uh, written by Christus Gage and Dan Slott with Jorge Molina, Jay Leeson, and David Curiel on art. I think the thing that's most annoying about Spider-Geddon is that they spend all this time doing, like, really fun setup. Like, ooh, here's all these cool alternate universe Spider-Men, and now let's just chuck them into a really dull, boring story that is like every other boring, dumb event, event. with a non-exciting, uh, like, world-threatening threat. Well, it's a web-threatening. It only threatens... Only it the spiders are a web, yeah. But I normally like a smaller threat, but this it still makes it it's so deaf, like insanely serious. Yes, this thing and they're so happening. like, like they're like the Hellfire Club. They're like fancy British jerks. Yeah, and look, event tie-ins. We know they're a thing that comes with events, but sometimes they are really clunkily done. Yes, and there's so many instances of it of it happening with Spider Geddon this week. Uh, you heard at the start of this episode, poor Nick had to read uh, Spider Gwen and Spider Girls. 
it's, it was Spider Gwen, Ghost Spider, and Spider Girls. Yeah, um, at the start of the episode, and both of them tie into this event in a really awkward way. That yeah, requi- it's really dumb as it's, well, especially for Spider Gwen. Like that's, yes. a, that's a new series by a new new female creator that is going to suffer because it ties into this stupid event. And she's a character that people already love. Like you can give it, get Spider Gwen masks at Kmart. Yeah, exactly. What? Yeah, and she's going to be more popular than ever with the movie coming out at the end of the year too. Um, so, but this this what I really had a problem with this is that. Um, you know, in the, in the lead up to this event, we had uh, how you bro? Uh, Edge of Spider Geddon. Uh, r- quick reminder that we record every episode of uh, series, which is at King's Comics now, four hundred and three George Street. So our friends can walk in and wave to us. And yeah, that's nice. Be rude of me not to say how you're going. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, yeah, the, the, in the lead up to this event, we had the Edge of Spider Geddon. Um, mini series where we had uh, six kind of one shots featuring different spider characters. Mm-hmm. Um, that by the end of the issue, uh, are kind of brought into the Spider Geddon thing. Like, mm-hmm. um, but this in the middle of Spider Geddon issue two provides the point where they leave to then go have their adventure that we saw in the Edge of Spider Geddon yeah. one shots. So they're like, oh, go and read this one shot to, to find out what happens. But it's like we already did. Like, yeah, this also came out like two, two months ago. ago. Yeah, along just a really really confusing way they're to so do events. Bad at fucking timing at Marvel. Well, no one puts out more events than Marvel. Like surely they would have figured out the best way to do it by now. But this is no. definitely not it. This is not it. Uh, so yeah, just, just I just don't want to read this. Can I not? Can I stop reading this? Because yeah, it means can. nothing. I like all of the tie-ins. I will read any of the tie-ins that you want to give so me. Next I week don't we, want to read the real event. Next week we get Spider Force and Vault of Spiders. I don't know I'll what either of those, of those are. Sure, but they're, they're, uh, a vault full of spiders. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> it's just someone opening up, going like, Ugh. a bank vault. Oh my god, it's all spiders. <laughs> I thought there was going to be money in here. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I, this is. A, just, I, I was, I quite enjoyed the first issue, but this was no good. I hate the inheritors. They're so boring. They're such a boring, such enemy. a dull villain. Good lord. Uh, you know what was great though this week? Yes. Uh, a lot of these comics actually, uh, but uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur issue number thirty-six. I love this comic book, it's and the best. occasionally it won't be as good as like the the first twenty or so issues, mm. um, which were like almost like flawless, really. Um, written by Brandon Montcl- Montclair. Uh, with Natasha Bustos on art, Tamara Bonvillain on uh, on colors, it's a hell of a team when the three of them uh, do it, do an arc together. Um, and uh, this is part five of five of the arc, Save Our School, in which Kingpin's adopted daughter goes to the same school as Lunella, aka Moon Girl. Um, and there's just a great, like obviously, like Moon Girl's power is not really a power. She sometimes it's is, a curse. She's the smartest person in the Marvel universe, and then she also. Every full moon swaps brains with her dinosaur. So yeah, she's trapped in a big di- red dinosaur's body, and and devil dinosaur is trapped in her body. And there's a <laughs> little girl running around going rah. And everyone and everyone is relying on Lu- Lunella to do well at this uh, big exam. So the school continues to get funding, um, and. I won't spoil how it happens, but there's just a, a brilliant... Of course, they, they switch places at the worst time, but it doesn't matter yeah. because Kingpin thought he was doing something crafty, but he ends up uh, making everything better for Moon Girl's sake. And it, it was just a really satisfying ending. It, it, like, you know, if I was a kid reading this, it would be just, I would just be like, oh, Absolutely. I love comics. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is like... I wish this comic had been coming out when I was a kid. Because I'm like, I wish I, I wish I could realistically do the like activity pages and stuff without feeling like a big loser coloring in my comic book. But it's so cool and it's so gorgeous and it's so funny and Lunella learns things. And it's like, 
sweet and smart and yep. teaches you life lessons without being saccharine or awful. I just think it's so genius. And I love it where, like, I mean, I see so many little girls coming into the store buying it and it just makes my heart swell. That's so great. Next month is a, um, uh, a Christmas special and the cover features Lunella and Devil Dinosaur ice skating together. And, of course, he has these big clunky dinosaur-sized ice skates. I hope I love that Devil ha- Dinosaur so much. Yep. Me too. He's so good. Great character. Um, I loved also um, the uh, issue number five of uh, The Century by Jeff yes. Lemire without by Joshua Cassara and Rain Barreto on colors. This um, is not an all-ages book. No. God, no. <laughs> um, and this is the finale of the first arc of this series. I'm not sure how long it's going to go on for, but when it started, I was like, The Century? Oh, Lemire's doing it. I wonder what, how good this is going to be. And what started is that, like, you know, obviously people were comparing it to Tom King's Mr. Miracle has just become something so fun and different mm. to what I thought that was going to be. Like, it's it's basically like the century has, you know, his greatest kind of nemesis is the void that lives within him. And he's, no one's ever done this before. He's, he's, he's had to just teach himself to embrace the void. And now he's this old new super powerful spooky void power century. It's, it's fucking good. It's really cool. Like that's a really cool, smart way to advance the character in some way. I'm so excited to see like, I mean, I hope Jeff Lemire gets to write more century comics, but even if he doesn't, this is like a really cool addition to the Marvel universe as a whole. Yeah. Uh, and this issue was, like, devastating. Yeah, it's grim. There's a lot of death in it, but it works. Yes. It's not, like, the death for shock value, like Heroes in Crisis or whatever. Like, yeah. It- Joshua Kassara's art as well is so good. I've never seen him do anything, let alone a superhero comic before, and it's so Well, but he hasn't, been, he hasn't been the artist on this book so far. It was, um... Really? Yeah, it was somebody else. Wow, he does, like, a excellent job of aping the style of yeah, whoever absolutely. else was yeah, doing yeah. it and uh, yeah it, 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 I just thought this was a brilliant issue so good love the cover too absolutely and love his take on the Avengers this current Kim, Avengers yeah, scene Kim Jacinto was oh, the yeah, artist yeah, on this yeah, book yeah. and he, he did the cover but yeah mm. they did a great job of uh, uh, doing his version of uh, Kim Jacinto's art on this I like so much everyone's take on like this savage She-Hulk yeah, I know, right? It's great seeing like a proper hogged out uh, She-Hulk in, 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 at the moment. Yeah, of course, because uh, the Sentry fights the Avengers in this, um, and uh, you know that, that normal it, it, it doesn't go where you, the direction you think it's going to go. Yeah, which is which is really satisfying and, f- and good, enjoyable as hell. Absolutely. Uh, um, Return of Wolverine is a comic uh, written by Charles Soule with um, art on this way issued by Declan Shalvey. That um, made this. Intensely readable. So much better. Uh, Laura Martin on colours. Uh, of course, we still have a ridiculously hairy uh, Wolverine on uh, on on the uh, cover by David uh, Mark. No, who? By Steve McNiven. Sorry, um, but yeah, the De- hair inside is not as luxurious. Declan, Declan Shelby definitely gave Wolverine a haircut. <laughs> I don't know. I, his new costume is very strange, isn't it? Like a short sleeve chef outfit. Yeah, I, I, I get it's meant to be kind of Japanese, maybe? Oh, okay. Like a little bit samurai? I don't know. Anyway, it's weird. It's it, it's odd, um, but he's had plenty of stupid costumes in the past. Um, but this is like, yeah, Wolverine doesn't remember shit. Um, and Classic Wolvie. He's trying to save some people, and there's like, you know, people trying to kill him. Okay, but I thought this issue specifically was an incredibly solid Wolverine comic. Of course, you know, definitely. It's got him yeah. being sad because he can't remember stuff. It's got a woman finding him attractive for reasons that we don't fully understand. And it's on a boat. Yeah. What more do you want? Like, what but, more do you want, people? But I mean, I, you know, I feel like in describing this, I'm just describing like, you know, one, yeah. one out of ten Wolverine comics oh, since the beginning of history. Wolverine maybe accidentally killed his son. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, but yeah, Shalvey's artwork's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, it really makes the comic. 
Yeah, I, I love him doing superhero interiors. Obviously, I like him doing anything, but this yeah. was uh, this was great. He draws such a good like craggy face. Yes, for Logan, I love it. Yeah, so this is this is much better than the first issue. Um, Amazing Spider-Man this week, issue number eight. I did not get to this, so tell me everything that happens. In uh, it. Written by Nick Spencer, with art by Humberto Ramos, and inks by Victor. Oh, wait, I did read it. Olazaba and colors by Edgar Delgado. This was fun because it was a big uh, issue about um, like MJ and all the things that MJ has done in her life, and what the hell is she going to do next? Um, and then, uh, but basically, what's happened is that like all of uh, the Avengers. Like basically, a, a new, very powerful band of thieves have have have, have come into power, mm-hmm. and so uh, this this is Spidey uh, being called to Avengers Mansion because all of their um, costumes and uh, Thor's hammer and Cap's shield have have gone missing because the thieves have stolen them. Ah. Um, and so he goes, "Cool, I'll, I'll be right there," and then like jumps off a building and then realizes that someone has stolen his web shooters. Oh, no. How uh, are you going to get out of this one, Spidey? Well, he then gets attacked. He gets sa- saved by Black Cat, but then it wasn't Black Cat was not saving him to save his life. It was so that she could uh, seek vengeance for something because they have some unfinished business. Because um, they used to do it. They totally did. Now they don't. I just played the Spider-Man uh, PlayStation 4 DLC. Ah, is there a bit where you make him bla- do it with Black Cat? Well, no, it's, but it's implied that they have in the past because he yeah. thinks that he might be uh, her baby daddy. Ah. That's weird. Yeah, was pretty it fun. Good? Oh, it was really fun. Yeah, okay. it's really good. Um, Hammerheads in it. Uh, yeah, it's all about the magia. It's good stuff. Cool. It ma- makes me. I, I want that to come. I, I like street level Spidey stuff. Um, Absolutely. But this is fun too. You know, um, all the all the things being stolen, thieves. That's fun stuff. It's good. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I did not get around to reading Moon Knight two hundred. It wasn't in my order. Um, but it's a uh, one that I'm definitely going to read because this actually features uh, three of our listeners and yeah. friends. Like immortalized, and now they're part of the, the Marvel Comics universe. Yeah, not only is this a great podcast, but we also have like spin-off great podcasts that we have nothing we to do with. We cannot claim it as a spin-off, claim it, but I'm claiming it. Um, <laughs> so uh, we, we talk about it occasionally. We birthed um, it in some uh, sense. Into the Night is a Moon Knight podcast started by um, uh, two of our friends, um, Connor, Connor Stevens and um, Reynaldo Gesmundo. Yes. Sorry if I dogged all your names. Um, and uh, occasionally they are joined by another frequently mentioned uh, listener of Serious Issues, Rebecca Hart. Um, and uh, they have been talking to the current writer of, uh, of Moon Knight, Max Bemis, online. And um, they actually just put up an interview with Max Bemis um, on Into the Night in their feed. Go look it up on uh, if you're a Moon Knight fan or even a fan of the, uh, of the band. Say anything and want to know what uh, your favorite lead singer is uh, up to now in the comics world. Uh, yeah, they, they yeah. interviewed Max Bemis all about Moon Knight. So go look up Into the Night. But the reason I bring all this up is that uh, in this issue, uh, there are three characters uh, bearing the names Ray, Connor, and Rebecca. Um, and Torturing some people. That's right. Just just like the, just the, those like the three real do. people. Um, they really got your likenesses down, guys. But, so that's very very cool. I, I stupidly did not get around to actually reading it. Oh, it's Lemire art. One page. Damn, one, one page. page. Um, yeah. So there they are. There Ray, they are. Connor, Rebecca. Awesome. Great. Stuff. Great. Um, so this is a big anniversary issue because it's issue 200 of Moon Knight. Who would have thought we'd be here? Um, written by Max Bemis with m- most of the art by Paul Davidson and then guest art by Jason Burrows, Jeff Lemire and Bill Sinkovich. Um, and this was a lot, to be honest. 
I really wanted to enjoy this because I've enjoyed a lot of Max Bemis's run, um, and I really like Jason Burrows. But this is—it's incredibly wordy, and I get that he's trying to like wrap up a bunch of stuff. And I think this is a very sudden—you have to wrap your shit up. Yes. With so your, like at, wrapping up all the stuff about Ernst, wrapping up all the stuff about the Sun God, and then also making it this big point in general about mental illness and about maybe not seeing your mental illness as an illness, but rather that that's where your strength comes from. And I, I like that. I Kanye already that. said it this year, Venus. <laughs> it's what makes you different. It's and look what special. happened then. Yeah, absolutely. He turned into Moon Knight. That's good <laughs> casting. Um, but I, I found this not that enjoyable because it's a lot of dialogue. It's a lot of narration. It's a lot happening in one issue. And because the art um, changes up, so frequently it's, it, it's a bit hard to read at times great colors um, all the way through too so not my favorite issue of moon knight i think that the rest of the arc has been a lot more fun but uh, you yeah. get a lot of story from this i'm definitely going to read this as soon as we finish recording um uh, and i assume i will like it a bit more than you i don't know probably maybe. yeah um but uh a good run hmm. definitely cool and different run and different take on moon knight and i wonder who's gonna have the character next hmm. so had a good run of Good Moon Knight stories from Warren Ellis to Jeff Lemire and, and the Bemis runs. Yeah, good. definitely. Um, we uh, now that we've done Image and DC and Marvel, we move over to other publishers. We've got a couple of Dark Horse books to talk about, um, and some Boom books, and Archie book, and some other stuff. Um, let's talk about issue seven of seven from uh, Dark Horse this week. We got Usagi Yojimbo, The Hidden, written and drawn by Stan Sakai, uh, featuring the uh, introduction of Christianity to feudal Japan by way of uh, Stan Sakai's adorable anthropomorphic um, samurai animals. You know what? <laughs> Andrew uh, told me before we started. He goes. So I go help before we we, rec- we recorded a bonus episode. Oh, which will be up in the feed this week for Halloween with our writer Andrew Constant. Just before we recorded this episode, <laughs> he goes. Did you know that every year Stan Sakai gets invited to uh, furry conventions? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, does he go? He's like, yeah, he goes. They treat him like a god. <laughs> Hell yeah, fantastic! That's the dream. Absolutely. Um, but uh, the hidden, look, I've, I've read a ton of Asagi Yojimbo um, in the past, um, and I love Stan Sakai's art. I love the you know simple kind of fable-ish kind of stories that he tells uh, in his uh, in his strips. But uh, I was not expecting an ending as heavy as this one gave us. But also incredibly enjoyable, incredibly yeah. satisfying, definitely, yeah, very yeah. moving, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this this one dealt with uh, sacrifice uh, in the name of religion, and uh, a kind of like a big twist at the end with uh, mm. a character reve- revealed to be someone who is going to become a Christian. And then there's a, also an amazing like footnote at the end of it, which explains like Christianity in Japan and the different kinds of religions that it inspired mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that were all having all ma- made to be kept secret from the emperor and. And, uh, you know, the majority of Japan. Uh, really, really interesting stuff. I, I could not recommend this series. Absolutely. Even to a newcomer to you. It's like a Yojimbo. I believe this is your first. Yeah, this is my first. Uh, Yojimbo comic. My first one. Um, uh, yeah, like this is fucking great. Really good. So good. Like some of the best storytelling uh, featured in an Asagi book, I think. Absolutely. Um, and the fact that it comes from a very real place of, you know, uh, of history is, is uh, even makes it even better. Great stuff. One of really the best great. books I read this week. Um, I read uh, Aliens Dust to Dust, which is written and drawn by Gabriel Hardman with um, colors by Rain Barreto. Um, and it's an aliens book. Um, and this one explores the idea that when uh, an alien is birthed from somebody's corpse, they take on 
the attributes of the person that they were birthed from. Oh yeah, that's so fun. Like one, when the when there's like the dog alien. Yeah, so it's totally fun. Okay. So in the first issue, of course, you remember it was really fun. Uh, a boy uh, <laughs> witnessed his mother getting uh, murdered and then turned into an alien. That's fun. So super fun. And that's but, fun. But now this now you've alien, got a better mum. They've worked out that this alien um, is attacking anyone that tries to go near her son. That's fun. And now so, your mum has acid. Rules. Yeah, totally. And you can never hug her, but she'll kill anyone that goes near you. <laughs> it's just fun. It's much better. <laughs> um, but uh, it's a really, really cool, different take on um, on uh, an Aliens book. It's a lot more human than a lot of Alien stories that I've read mm-hmm. recently, mm-hmm. Um, especially uh, that excellent James Stucco um, rom, which was very much about the monster that, that mm-hmm. the alien is. Um, and this is a fun take because, you know, this poor kid like calls this alien mum oh. <laughs> as it, like, dismembers everyone else uh, on the space station with him. Good um, God, that sounds very upsetting. Yeah. Well, there's Glad one more, I'm not reading it. Really? There's one more issue of it left. It's, it's, a, it's a very good Aliens book. Um, yeah. That's all i got to say. Um, I forgot to read Beast of Burden this week. I also didn't get to it, but it's, we have to of assume all weeks, it was fucking amazing. It's a Halloween week. I know, I know, yeah. I know. But uh, I did read a, uh, another Halloween-ish uh, book, and that is Vampironica, issue number four from Archie Comics uh, in the horror imprint. Uh, written by Greg Smallwood and uh, Meg Smallwood. Usually Greg Smallwood does the art, but this month we had uh, art by Greg Scott, which is by no means... Actually, you know what? It is bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's comparatively extremely not Greg Smallwood's art. Yes. It's a strange choice. I understand that it, like, you know, you can't... You can't. Not everyone can do a month-to-month book. Of course, but especially no, when your art is that like perfect. No one delays books more than Archie does. Absolutely. Like, how many months do we have to wait for Afterlife of Archie books? Remember, there was issues? like a full year between issues of Betty and Veronica when um, Adam what's Hughes his name Adam yeah, yeah. was doing it. So why not just take your time with this and just release an issue when you feel like? Maybe it. Maybe they just wanted to get it out for Halloween. The colors by Matt Herms, I think, does a good job of tying it with the Greg Smallwood. One for yeah. the first couple of pages, I was like, "Wow, Greg Smallwood was rushed," um, and then you realize that it's actually not him. There are some moments where it looks good, like his her arm looks the same as Smallwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they, uh, at yeah. certain times, Veronica looks the same. But I think I think the main difference for me was I think that Greg Smallwood is a much more sophisticated storyteller. So there were a couple of moments in this where it's a pretty basic story, guys. I feel like I should be able to follow what's going yeah. on. And there were a couple of moments where I was like, "I am lost." I have no idea what's happening here. Um, and I think that was just panel to panel not really being able to follow it. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I also think that, like, yeah, I, I, Greg Slot, he's not a bad artist by any means. No. I just I don't think he's suited to an Archie book. Um, I, if this was a noir crime comic, his art would fit very well. well but, I mean, um, would you say that about Greg Smallwood, though? Because well, I mean, this is a this is a sort of noir Archie book. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I guess so. I don't know. I just I I, th- I think there's a there's a roughness th- there's a roughness to Greg Scott's artwork that I don't think makes him suitable as an Archie yeah. artist. There, I mean, and that's my that's my hang-ups with what I expect from an Archie book. I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's like you know, like you didn't like Joe Eisma on Archie. No, I I still do not. Um. And uh, and I, I feel the same way about this. Fair enough. But still, uh, the story progresses in a very satisfying. Yeah, fun the story's way. still good. Sorry, I should have just. Uh, um, There's a they fill Cheryl Blossom's pool with holy water and then dunk the vampires in there. That's good fun. Hell yeah, that's good clean teen fun. And uh, and Jughead doesn't get eaten because he burps a garlic burp <laughs> and, and uh, it turns the uh, turns the uh, zombie away. It's what Riverdale the is vampire missing. away. Um, so I've been uh, uh, enjoying a lot um, the Kaboom series regular show twenty five years later. Uh, much to the surprise of everybody, including myself, 
Um, and uh, it's written by Christopher Hastings um, with art by Anna Johnstone and colors by Joanna Lafuente, who we love on uh, Fence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, this is, we're one issue away from the end. This is issue five of six. Um, and basically, yeah, like uh, Mordecai and Rigby from the uh, Cartoon Network series, regular show. Um, 25 years from now, they are successful uh, businessmen and they have families and they're great dads and they're loved by their families and they're not fuck-ups anymore. But when they return to uh, the park that they used to work at, they immediately uh, like start... Regress? Yeah, regress. And then accidentally make a deal with the devil where they, where they <laughs> trade their kids for youth. Classic Spider-Man stitch-up. Um, and so this is basically them trying to uh, turn that deal around, get their kids back, and then become old again. Um, and it's really fun and silly. It feels just like watching an episode of the show, but it, because they're able to jump forward in time, the, uh, the consequences of this feel real because you don't have to hit the reset button at the end of it. They're still going to, you know, it's, it's still going to be 25 years later. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I just think it's a really, really good series. I, when this trade comes out, I could not recommend it enough to anyone that was a fan of the show. Uh, this definitely feels better to me than all the regular comics, regular show comics before this one. Mm, cool. Um, and just excellent. Christopher this, is this great. the final issue? Fi- no. one, one more to go. One more. one more to go. So it might it could be terrible. Let me know. Uh, so I'll let you know. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Look okay. forward to it. Um, Ahoy Comics this week put out um, issue two of High Heaven. In I, which, didn't, I didn't read in this. In which uh, uh, a poor, poor loser dies, goes to heaven, and then realizes oh, that heaven's, heaven's awful. Heaven sucks, bro. I didn't, you know, I find I don't heaps like this art. So yeah. I feel like I wasn't. It's written by Tom. It was Tom, at the bottom of my part. Tom, pa- oh my God, dude, guess who did the art? It's Greg Scott. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we are horrible. I'm terrible. I'm sure this he's is... a very nice man. Oh, he, I, like I said. He's very, he's good. I just said I didn't like it. I yeah. can't really take that back, can I? Sorry, Greg. Um, I'm sure you're not listening. Like I said, if it was on a crime book, I, w- I, I think his, his heart would, would suit. I like it on this, actually. I, I'm gonna, I'll go out there, be brave enough to say that I do like his art on this book. And I like this book. It's, it's funny. Um, as uh, Basically, he, um, our guy who, who hates, hates what he's told is heaven um, is then showed how much worse he could have it. But then he also learns that there is a high heaven um, where, uh, where, like you know, where everyone is naked and ha- actually has genitals, and uh, it, it's great. Um, but then he returns home, and uh, his worst enemy from uh, from Earth is now his roommate. Oh no! Uh, so it is just like it's like you know, it's like oh, and then this happened kind of book. <laughs> but uh, it's it's fun, and it's enjoyable. Um, it's put out through uh, Ahoy Comics, so I think are doing some great stuff at the moment. Um, and uh, yeah, most of them are written by Tom Payer, who I think is a pretty good writer. Hmm. Um, I tried to read some of Beyonders three mm-hmm. this week. Um, this is a really fun kind of like secret messages, you know, hidden through time and like mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. uh, uh, conspiracy theories um, comic um, about a, a kid who, oh, who yeah. uh, it's revealed that he's, he's like he's the the adults he's been living with turn out to be robots and his dog has a cybernetic eye and like the first two issues of this were really fun and crazy. It's written by Paul Jenkins without by Wesley Sinclair, but this delved way more into like. The conspiracies themselves, and I just—I was a bit bored by it, unfortunately. Mm. So I'm going to be dropping dropping this book. Fair enough. That is it. Those are all the uh, comics that we're reviewing this week, or are they? Shimon? Or are they? Every week on Serious Issues, we now hit pause for one moment after recording the main show, and then we record the post-show in which we review uh, some graphic novels or some uh, trades or some older comics that we've been reading in the last week. And uh, last week we reviewed uh, the new Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips' book, or My Heroes Have Always Been Junkies, and Volume 2 of... Uh, of um, My Brother's Husband, the manga, and also two books by uh, the European cartoonist Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And this week we are going to be, I'm going to be talking about a, uh, a European book, uh, a French book that was written by Carol Morel, um, with, uh, which has been adapted by Mariko Tamaki. Um, it's called Louisa, Now and Then. Um, and uh, Siobhan is going to be talking about a very spooky book. I'm going to be talking about um, Monster by Inoki Urasawa. But I also, I just remembered, I just read, I read something really, really cool called Von Spatz okay. um, from Drawn Accordly. So I'm going to talk about that as well. Great. Well, look forward to uh, hearing your thoughts on that. Um, if you want to hear those that, that insanely good post-show, uh, the easiest way to do that, where you'll hear both this week's post-show and all the ones we've done before it, plus a bunch of other bonus material, is to go to patreon.com slash podcast. And if you... Uh, uh, support us at $5 a month or more if you're feeling very generous you will get access to all the post shows which have been uh, very fun so far and I imagine will continue to be so that's patreon.com slash serious which is podcast there's a kid in the store uh, <laughs> so Siobhan has spent the last two minutes like, you know as much as I love uh, selling <laughs> selling you on the Patreon all by myself Siobhan has made it even more fun by just poking her tongue out at a kid who just won't budge <laughs> oh just hates you just staring at because he, he knows what you're doing He's like, back up your co, back up your co-host, Jamal. Yeah, I know. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, bud. Patreon.com/slash/seriousidiotspodcast uh, is where you'll find us next. Um, and uh, if you uh, want to come support the show, that's where to go. Uh, thank you so much to, for listening, and thanks again to Nick Mason from the Weekly Planet Podcast and Planet Broadcasting for joining us for the first uh, wonderful hour of this episode. Um, if this is your first episode of Serious Issues, welcome to the fold. Uh, we put out welcome an episode to our folds. every exactly. <laughs> welcome to the folds of comics every single week because uh, every Monday we review all of the previous week's comics um, sometimes between like 30 and 50 issues of comics every week so if you're looking for new comics uh, to pick up or if you want someone to read along with um, you know it's hard finding a friend that reads comics we are your friends and we're yes. here to read comics with you so uh, come back next week and we'd love to we'd love to have you on board absolutely thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week thank you oh, also Halloween special this Wednesday Ooh. look out for the feed we've got Andrew Constant the writer of uh, Etrigan uh, Hell is Earth joining mm-hmm. us for mm-hmm. a special uh, list of horror comics that we think are very good for Halloween. Um, so yep. stay spooky and stay serious, and we'll see you very soon. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.